Welcome to the Atlanta Warhammer Podcast. Hey, Josh, where do fish keep their money? Oh, fuck. Yep, it's one of those in the riverbank. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everybody. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and uh, like and subscribe. That's the show. It's just one fish joke and we're out. It's, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's, all, uh, that's all the carp we could handle. So this show is, I'm, it's going to be insufferable, folks, but just, just, just <laughs> hold on for this one. This is the Ideneth episode. We were late on doing it. We've gone insane. I may have pulled up 99 hilarious fish jokes on my phone. Will you get help. through all 99? Uh, I've, well, so far we haven't found a hilarious one yet. Yeah, that's I've, true. I've gone through the ones that don't even make any sense. There's mm-hmm. some that are just not funny, but uh, hey, here's a good one. Let's go ahead and start this off with a prayer. But if you were a religious fish, how do you start off with your prayers? I, I don't know, man. Well, not to Teclas, not these guys. I think these guys would be praying to Cod. So before we lose any more of you, uh, let's go ahead and get our sponsors out of the way (laughs) before we lose them as well. Uh, Let's go. Josh, who's our first sponsor? Uh, It's Llama Juice Painting. Oh, He's going to paint your stuff so good. So good. If you listen to this podcast, this is like the best ASMR you'll ever get because Llama Juice Painting paints your models to... Perfection. Perfection. He does them real quick. Faster than a blink of an eye. The wish of a tail. The swish, swish of a, of a gill. <laughs> Lama Juice Painting. Lama Juice Painting. Hit him up on Facebook. Lama Juice Painting. Zach, where else do you... Oh, uh, yeah. who, who, what, other, uh, what other people do you want to... Boy, that was a, that was a flat the... line on the recording there, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna be like just barely peaked enough. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, you know. In case nobody heard that, that was Lama Juice painting. Uh the <sighs> most salacious uh painter that we know for for some reason for tiny little us, toys. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't for know. some reason he lets us do his do do his ads like that. They're getting completely out of control yeah. at this point. So. Um uh, the second one would be Gigabytes Cafe in Marietta, oh. Georgia, which is where when you're listening to this episode and you're like, Golly gee whiz, I can't stand it. Give me some of them fish. You can head over there, and you can buy. They have Ideneth stuff on the shelf right now, ready to go home to your aquarium. Uh, they have the books and everything like that. I think they even have some of the Invisible Dice still in stock. So they do. if you want to just have some dice that are kind of hard to read of the old, old Ideneth dice. Uh, but yeah, check them out. That's gigabytesonline.com. They do shipping. Uh, you can worldwide. Still, worldwide, you can still get stuff delivered to your car. They have a bunch of new stuff coming in, like the new Warcry stuff, which yeah. is just four hours after this episode drops. It went up for pre-order. I You can't see how much that's not correct right now. <laughs> but uh, check that out, too. I think we're definitely going to do some Warcrying stuff. I, uh, I am ex- I'm excited about the new Warcry. I, it's one of those games that I really like, and I wish that more people played it. It's nice to have a skirmish game where you can just bring nine guys to a table. It's, it's nice to be able to bring things on a on a small tray. Yeah, I know we're not David, who usually does just bring nine guys to a table. It's true. Yeah, but he, but each of his models is like a dinner plate. It's true. Yeah, they're bigger. These is like nine little guys, and yeah. you're done. Yeah. So I'm currently uh, I'm building the um, the dark oath ones, the, the Conans. They just Ooh. all look like Conan barbarians, and yeah. I, I'm a sucker for a barbarian guy. You get you get a guy. He's got some fuzzy stuff on his ankles. He's got a great sword. He's, he's covered got a in loin blood. Loincloth. Loin yeah, that's what I. That's a fantasy thing to me. I'm here for that. It's the guy on the front of the hero quest box mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so i'm building an army of that guy but now, the real question is is that loincloth like does it is it like covering the butt cheeks or is it like is it like single string like dividing the flaps well if i had my choice mm-hmm. you see uh as proper <laughs> worshippers of slanesh this loincloth would be right out of it right. right out of the condition um but you know i don't know i haven't i haven't assembled that many of them on the backside so far 
I only put one together last night. And his line cloth was entirely covering his cake. Hmm. So, yeah. Disappointing. Yeah, well, you know, they're not Slanesh yet, right. I guess. Well, that's... report back to me when you uh, when you get through the rest of them. Maybe you can <laughs> right. take, maybe you can take some of the, the, the backside loincloths off so we can just get some beautiful, shiny butt cheeks. I will let you know the ass-to-cloth ratio as I progress through these. Perfect. Um, and as I do with the new Nurgle models as well, which will be a much more disgusting ass-to-cloth ratio. If it's not Sigvald, I don't want it. <laughs> that's exactly what Sigvald thinks, too. <laughs> that's the same thing he thinks. Uh, and here's our third sponsor. How can how, why they're listening to us on something right now? They sure are, probably uh, through a hosting service of some variety. Yes. Do you also ha- want have a podcast at home that you're thinking about doing? Do you need a podcasting service? Well, maybe you should use Blueberry Podcasting. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was good. And use the code uh, ETL War to save something. We still. I really need to look up what I that think it's a month of free hosting. I think it is a month. But if you're doing a professional hosting platform, it does something else for you. Because now they have like a whole premium. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You like get that. like extra, like maybe it's better ad metric stuff. It, it is. It's I like think it's the, a lot of that. It's like a second screen. They'll also do like, uh, they'll place your podcast on stuff. Ooh. So you can. Stitcher, SoundCloud. We're on those. Uh, I do. Name another one. We're on that. Spotify. Yes. Keep going. I'm, I, I've run Pandora? through Pandora? Oh, we're on Pandora. Yeah. We're on Pandora now? Yeah, yeah we're on Podbean. I didn't realize, well. I, for yeah. the longest time, we were not on Pandora. Yeah, there, on it Pandora took now. forever, and I think it's only like eight episodes. <laughs> well, you know, eight episodes is better than no episodes. Or, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Let's let the rest of this show go through and uh, figure that out. So, what do you call a fish with two legs, Josh? Uh, I, don't, I don't Not know. an abomination against God. It's a toonie fish, because he's got two knees. So when Teclas was driving souls out of Slanesh, <laughs> do, you, do you want to save? Do you want to start talking about the lore of the Island of Deepkin and save? Because I'm just going to keep going through the fish jokes. Oh, I know you are. Uh, yeah, I'll go through. Like, okay, so I guess well, we're doing the thing. We're doing the thing because I'm making it a thing now. This is Put the Battle Tome book. <clears throat> Battle Tome book. Put five minutes on the clock for the Island of All right, lore. Five minutes on the underwater clock and. So uh, Teclas, he's a guy. He's a god. He's like a god elf. Yes. Uh, Teclas <laughs> was like, hey, I'm going to make myself some elves. And then he did, and they were the Eidneth. And then he was like, those elves suck. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I did a bad job the first time. It's we're, We talked about this pre-show. We're going to make the joke again. It's kind of like your Bart Simpsons. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they're the, they're the screw-ups. They're the ones that you don't want anymore. They're the ones that you're kind of surprised are even still alive. And at the end of the day, they're just gonna, you're just going to shove them out the house, and they're going to have to live in their own underwater sea world. Or constantly try to choke them. Or constantly try and choke them. And then you have your Lisa Simpsons. That's the second kid. That's the, that's the kid that does so great. It's the perfect golden child. Mm. Mm, I wonder who that is. Yeah, who could be the, the intelligent, hardworking, uh, perfect golden child that is fundamentally broken to their core based on their own hang-ups and anxieties. Hmm, sounds like Lumineth. Yeah, sounds like Lumineth to me. Yeah. And uh, then you have your Maggie Simpsons. Yeah. Which you'd be like, well, Maggie Simpson, what, the, what are the other elves that you're going to do? And it's like, oh, how about Cane Knights? Yeah, because guess what? Maggie Simpson's got a freaking murder rap on her. She's the only <laughs> one who's ever murdered anyone. Well, uh, it didn't stick. It didn't but stick. She did shoot Mr. Burns. She did shoot Mr. Burns. So she's the definitely the she's, daughter of Cain. She's the daughter of Cain. Yeah. Or she's just... Shooting people, man. She's she got a Glock. She's ready to go. She's ready to cap. No jokes. She's capping people. No anyway, cap, as kids say. So, as the Bart Simpsons, man, like as Lumineth or God Lumineth. No, we're Ideneth. No, Ideneth don't is, have a cow. Yeah. You're on Bart Simpson. God dang it! Oh, that was like three <laughs> levels. This joke is so deep. Ah, it was deep, Ken. 
This episode's already to so bad. It's so <laughs> We're terrible. Get to the show at some point. Uh, but yeah, so the Agnes Deepkin are your underwater sea elves. They're really kind of like one of the most original IPs, I think, for oh, like, yeah. Warhammer. Because I don't know of a lot of other under. I mean, there's plenty of other undersea motifs, but I don't know of a lot of other games that have like under like underwater elves and that you know. They're riding magical sea things. It's really just a bunch of name wars. Let's well, they, about this. Then a lot of them also don't go into the whole soul piracy and yeah. magic that makes you forget for generations that they stole your grandfather's soul and therefore you raise your whole family in that village and then your grandchildren and then they're the ones that get raided later on because yep. you forgot about that that happens every 200 years. Every 200 years, gotta gotta come and get a fresh batch of souls, man. Yeah, yeah. Gotta harvest. It's really that they've invented agriculture. Mm-hmm. Just in a horrible way, but it's the most, it's one of the most agriculture it's agri- systems. It's agriculture the Warhammer way. It's the same way the Ossiarchs do it, but everyone gets mad when they come for your bones. Just yeah. saying, it's the same thing. Except for, you know, except for one of the cl- uh, enclaves of Idna. They're oh. like, hey, you know, it's all right. You come for the bone. You get, you guys take the bones. We'll take the souls. Yeah. It's, you know. We just got to make sure that we that we divvy up all the parts appropriately. Right. Like the mighty bison, use every part use of every the horrifying piece. human that you just tracked down and murdered. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I appreciate that. See, corn is wasteful. It just uses the skull and throws the rest away. Not a good recycling yeah. program, corn. So if you're into emo music, you like you like punk rock, I'd Neth Deepkin probably for you. Yeah. They're, they're what if, the, what the if I like sharks? Sharks, if you like undersea motifs, I'd Neth Deepkin, they're for you. If you it's like not- elves... Idneth Deepkin, they're for you. They're for you. What if I like pirate elves? Scourge for privateers. Are for <laughs> you. For me. But also, but if you want to, if you want to play an army that occasionally wins, no. Idneth Deepkin are for you. <laughs> I do use a shark in my Anvil Guard army, and during that whole Path to Glory campaign, mm-hmm. that was the one thing that ever won me a game. Yeah, was the fact was that I had the Idneth shark. It was just a nice shark. There. They're solid. They're good. Yeah, good shark boys. Uh, so the Idneth Deepkin, they're broken into several enclaves. There's a bunch of them. Uh, we don't need to run through all of them, uh, but they all deal. They all deal in souls, and they just have various ways that they like to. They, you know, they own different parts of the sea. Yeah, they so got their they got their things. Why are they collecting these souls though? What what are they trying to put them into? What kind of horrible birth malady is this, their entire race suffer from? With the whole like half of them don't have souls thing. Yeah, we got to well they got to make more, man. Well, so yeah. So that's the that's where Teclas really screwed up yeah. is that the uh and that the was the Achilleans are the higher class. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and the Namardi are the lower class. Right. So the Achilleans the thralls that are like, well, they're thralls. Yeah. So they, they're, they're born in the kings and stuff. They're born with an entire soul, yep. which means they get to live for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years just like an elf should. The rest of them are born with things like no eyes, which when you're underwater doesn't matter as much, but they only live to be 30 or so, which yeah. for an elf is like saying you get to make it to one, maybe. So in order to keep them alive, they got to go get those souls from somewhere else and shove them into their bodies. You got to shove them. You got to shove parts of souls from a bunch of different people into one person to make kind of a horrible abomination hybrid. But it's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's a soul. Well, there's, here's, here's why it's a good guy thing. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike what Nagash does, uh-huh. uh, is that you... Use this. I don't. It's not a good guy thing. There's no. There's no justification that works on that. But the point is, is that they are doing it to preserve their race, so it has kind of an altruistic motive to it. Yeah. Like it, that's what separates it from being just chaos or 
you know, Nagash wanting to just basically Doctor Doom everything and be in charge of it all. Right, well, and they're not taking all of the souls all of the time. Oh, yeah, well, you can't cut up the entire field. You right. have to you leave have to, something to You sow. have to leave some to sow. So they just, you know, they turn people's civil, like, their villages and things to that into, like, little, you know, yeah. again, it's an agriculture thing, man. Can't, no slash and burn here. No, no, no. It's yeah. you're not trying to, you know, get rid of the whole resource. You want to you want to let it grow back and cultivate. We're raising elves for generations upon generations. Yeah. Here. It's and that's why I like the uh the way that they attack is so interesting because they, you know, they use the ether sea, which is first off, imagine your your town god Scots Scotsman and you've served the this free guild for 30 years, which means you're a senior citizen in the world of uh Warhammer and you're standing out, and you've just lit up a pipe, and you're looking out the horizon, and you stare out into the distance, and, oh, what's that floating? And, oh, I better light my pipe and just look, oh, what's that? It's an entire goddamn turtle is floating in the air. <laughs> this is uncharacteristic of this place. And then you notice that when you drop your pipe, it just floats in front of you, and you realize that the air around you is breathable, but also is now water, which means your fighting is really hard to do. If you've ever tried to swing a sword in a swimming pool, and, I mean, who hasn't, right? We've all been to Boy Scout <laughs> yeah, camp. come on now. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> But, like, if you've ever tried to do that, it's really hard. So you're fighting against that. Plus, these are just flying sharks and stuff, which is not a condition that you want to fight a shark in mm -hmm. when it has full 360-degree movement and you're standing still, waving a stick at it. Uh, and then they use magic to make you forget the whole thing didn't happen and hide it at, like, the edges of your memory to where people have vague understandings of horrible monsters from the mist coming in. But, like... That was probably just a Charybdis or something. Those are yeah, all over the place. They're or maybe just, it was they're just Roman. Yeah, it was Chaos Warriors. You know, I bet it was some of those. Or those daughters of Cain. I bet it was, you know, like, and it's interesting how for just the entirety of their history, they managed to be doing stuff, but only no one really knew who they were. No one yeah. really knew what the Idneth were until eventually they became discovered, and then everybody started finding out who they were when they kind of joined in. I, uh, I, we were talking earlier about how the lore has kind of, like, stayed the same yeah they're they're sort of in like a holding pattern right now post fall of animal guard sorry zach yeah because uh, <laughs> they sort of entered into a loose agreement with marathi kane yeah well i don't know how loose it was to them it's yeah. kind of like well we're gonna kill you or you can join us and they're like well i guess we'll join you then yeah it really seems like if you're gonna fine. have to go between those two options yeah of yeah it's either instant death or uh you join us, and we won't kill you. I was like, yeah. well, I guess we'll do the latter. Um, I, I really like how they describe in the story how, um, the, the, basically how Marathi gave them the lantern and was like, oh, here you go. Here's a gift to even show you that, you know, this is goodwill. But she stole it from them first. Yes. And then she broke it, using it to ascend to godhood. And then she gives them back a gives broken thing she stole from them yeah. and says, I won't kill you. Now we're friends. Are you going to argue with the god? Well, I would, but I got that Vin Brecht in me where I'd just saunter right <laughs> up and punch her in the face. Well, I mean, I probably would because they've already argued with the god. Well, actually, we didn't really argue with them so much as we just fled Teclas because Teclas right. was like, hey, uh, I don't like you the first time, so I'm just going to end you. And they were like, oh, no, <laughs> we yeah. got to go. Yeah, that's not a, not a good look for Teclas to make your children and then go, whoops, better just kill all of them. But then again, this is the guy that decided to turn horses back into mortal horses and then drop them like 50 stories yeah those horses weren't evil buddy they were just horse souls just horses why are you addicted to horses techless anyway yeah so you're right they're in a holding pattern marathi got into work when they were taking over anvil guard they got all the souls marathi got all the elves and the land and stuff like that and then 
uh, what I, th- I thought was interesting is obviously Sigmar knows about Marathi. Yes. Because they had that whole, like, he sent down the Celestin Prime, there was going to be a big brawl. But he doesn't know about the Eidneth part, which I thought was really interesting, is because they're keeping secrets from Sigmar, mm-hmm. which seems like a bad call. Because, like, Marathi did it, but then was able to basically buck up and say, but I'm still valuable, you need me on the team, right. and stuff like that. Do you think the Eidneth are at a point where they are so valuable that Sigmar wouldn't just go, no, sorry, I'm going to just start glassing you as soon as I see you for oh, what you've done? yeah, absolutely not. Like, yeah, the, the Eidneth are, I mean, they just exist, really. They're kind of like, it's weird because the Eidneth are almost like this, like a true neutral race in oh, yeah. Warhammer where they don't serve any, like, prime function. They're not in, like, they're... Their modus operandi is just survival. So it's whatever they need to do in order to survive. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like the Sylvaneth. And that's why I like that they said that they have a mutual respect and stuff. Because the Sylvaneth are just here for nature. Nature is neutral. Yeah. It doesn't care who you are. If you violated it, then you will be speared on a stick somewhere. Right. Nidneth are kind of the same way. It's a little eco-friendly war thing there. Yeah. But you, got, it, you got the land ecos and the, and the water ecos. Yeah. And the air ecos are... Well, I guess that would be the KO, and they're really just pirates and... Sell swords. Capitalism. <laughs> capitalism <laughs> rules the sky. Extreme capitalism in the sky. Super duper extreme capitalism. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, just trying to, they're just trying to hold on. What, uh, and what is unclear to me is... Because is Sig- Sigmar is unaware of the Eidneth, so that would also mean that Sigmar would then also be unaware of the fact that Teclis made these Eidneth. Well, he's aware of the Eidneth. He knows oh. that they exist. He's unaware of their pact with Marathi, with Marathi and the fact right. that they got all of the human souls from Amalgard. And I bet you, just knowing how he finds Stormcast, that a lot of those souls were people valiantly defending their loved ones at the last apex of their life. And that's when Sigmar loves to get them. Yep. And the anvils are the ones that have been dead before. So he doesn't mind getting those up from the grave if he has to. So, like, not having access to all those heroes... I, it pissed Sigmar off, and I bet Nagash wouldn't be too happy to find yeah. out about it as well, considering he already hates the Eidneth because they keep taking his toys. But now we're to gonna him. have the bravest of Eidneth. Maybe they'll be maybe they'll be whole souled Eidneth. Well, possible. I we don't know what they distilled them down know. into. How that works, yeah. kind of. How how do they refill a thrall? Is it like a funnel? They just oh, I just yeah, I, I assume it's like some sort of like a. Oh, is it? Hold on. Do they get them like, in a big tank, and then somebody comes to the top with the little souls, and they shake it, yeah. and then they all have to swim up to the top. Just take a little, take a little, take a little bite. Oh, well, look, that one's stuck on the little. There's one just stuck in the air filter, going around and around and around. Eventually, gets blended. Oh, that's sad. Oh. So yeah, that's the item. That's the item. Yeah, that's that's our whole that's our whole overview. Because there really isn't like much to talk about as far as like where they sit currently. Because yeah, they're just kind of there. I thought that the coolest part about the lore to this to me, because you're right, we've read so much of this so uh, a long time, and it's it goes over. It's in every book. They go over like the foundations of how the the war works with them like you know who's their commander what their sections would be Mm -hmm. underneath so if you want to build like your kind of hierarchy to match the the lore setting you've got a pretty cool guide here for it what i thought was kind of interesting before they get to all the little like stories and stuff which some of those are pretty cool the uh the map on page 16 Mm -hmm. i i just it was interesting to me that the Ideneth, who are obviously trying to get away from teclas that they would have chosen to basically say hey Here's Hish, which is where Teclis lives and all of his friends live, and also here's where the Eidneth came from, and a lot of them have decided to stay here. And I thought that was kind of interesting, because, like, it's the realm of light, and they hate light. Yes. So to stay here seems nonsense to me. 
But they do it. But they retreated to the darkest depths of the sea in order to be out of sight. Yeah. Which Just, I think is kind of a interesting sort of juxtaposition there. It is. It's interesting to think that, like, while the Lumineth were busy snorting crack and blowing up their empire up top, they're... Uh, who they thought were the loser goth brothers were uh-huh. hanging out behind the bleachers, not doing as much crack. I think. Yeah, I think really. Pro- just, I think they were just smoking weed. Really, just smoking weed and killing people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So neither one of them was great. Really, just smoking but. weed, shanking dudes. I don't think Teclas should make any more kids. No, Teclas should, should be. Yeah, should probably should, be taking he, that away. He should stop. His brother should show up and take away his powers. Yeah, and his hat. That's what I want to see. <laughs> yeah. So were there any? Of these Hashtag little... get rid of Teclas's hat. <laughs> Hashtag. Give me Teclas' hat. Uh, were there any of the um, little stories and stuff that really stuck out to you? Uh, a bunch of them were about things that have already happened, and I've noticed this in these tomes now. We get a whole little section about, like, the uh, the Rumgate Wars, which is a series of books that happened. Now we get a little section about the Necroquake, which was obviously Malign Portens. Now mm-hmm. we got a little section about Marathi. So it's like they're just taking the storylines that we're reading in these big books and kind of giving a little, you know, consolidated version in here. But for those of us that are following these storylines, we open it up and we're like, all right, well, let me uh, let me find something that I haven't heard about in this book. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the the one that I think stood out to me that I enjoy, I don't know, I don't want to say enjoyed the most, but it was kind of I find I was find interesting is anything any of the ones that deal with like the Morfan. Um, so there's one on like the Blood Coast, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, that is the uh, I don't know. Do you want me to read this? Is that what, is that what we're going with? Uh, it's up to you. You uh, can summarize it. Hey, go yeah. go nuts. Uh, basically, just uh, it's commanded by the uh, the Achillean Queen Telwar Mistheart, which I think is a dope name. First off, and also that dope. we and that the Ideneth do have females. It's just like the Fire Queens. Yeah, give me the they, give me that give, <laughs> give me, me that the, give me the ladies. Um, and uh, basically, uh, it's talking about how Mistheart eventually strikes down a, a, a Radvok and a steed, uh, and it, it, he she binds him in fetters of ice. Just basically just freezes him. Yeah, which I think is just a really rad way of going about it. And I wish there were more freezing powers. And uh... yeah, there should be more freezing powers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, the books, the lore. Sometimes you're like, that sounds really awesome, and then you put the guy on the table and he does one d three attacks. Yeah, at a end one, and you're like, oh, okay, pretty he's, simple stuff. Yeah, he's not he's not as cool as uh, I had thought. I the the part that stuck out to me from it, not really just the story. I just I like that. Um, the uh, when they went and told uh, Arcan, Archeon, sorry, not Arcan, not Arcan, way cooler than Archeon. Mm-hmm. When they went and told Archeon about the Ideneth, he was like, "Ah, send the rats after him, I guess." <laughs> and that's what they did. And it turns out the Skaven, because they can just burrow anywhere through reality or time and space, would accidentally burrow into enclaves. And I like the one where they burrowed in and just basically drained an entire lake. Uh, and I think it was in Shish where they burrowed in, drained the entire lake, and then Nagash was like. Hey, what the hell's going on over there? <laughs> and then he saw the Ideneth and was like, oh, wait wait a minute, Whoa, what? what? <laughs> That's in my backyard? So I thought that was kind of interesting. It's weird. I'm trying to find, because it seems like every race in here, or every race in this game or faction has, like, kind of their opposite, like, the, their, not villains, but, like, you know, the ones that they're going to be most paired against yeah. in terms of lore. And you would have thought it would be Fire Slayers, because that was the box set. And they mm-hmm. have some stuff in here about how they raid it, and they took all the Fire Slayers, half of them were sleeping, but they didn't touch a single bit of gold or whatever, which is yeah. like, okay. But uh, I was, what are the Ideneths like? Or is it just everybody, basically, at this point? Just survival? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just kind of everybody and their survival. Uh, I mean, they're, honestly, their biggest foe is Teclas, right? <laughs> since, dad. Since dad is trying to, dad is trying to murk him constantly. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, that's kind of, they don't have like a true, I don't, I don't think they really have a true, um, enemy in the, in Warhammer and the Mortal Realms. Yeah. I guess you could maybe argue Slanesh. All the elves kind of have a thing with Slanesh. Yeah. But not as much as with Lumineth, really. Right. And then, like, you would think it would have been daughters because of that one thing, and then it would have been fire slayers, and maybe it's whoever. It's yeah. just interesting. They don't really have, like... They just have, like, skirmishes with everybody. Yeah, which makes sense. They wouldn't want to have a main thing to fight because yeah. they don't want to be... I think we should say that, like, they do specify that they they rarely, they rarely do go to war in big forces, but they don't fight in rank-and-file lines. Like, they don't follow war doctrines at all. They fight very much like skirmishy fighters. Which is kind of funny because now the way to play them on the table, I think, is big packs of guys that <laughs> walk forward in big blocks and look like, you know, an old school elf army. Right. But back in the day, it was eels and sharks. It still kind of is, I think. You can still run eels and sharks. We'll get to that part. And turtles, yeah. Yeah. So what's your favorite enclave? Oh, uh, my favorite enclave uh, is the Morphan. Morphan? Yeah. The the, pale, the super goths? <laughs> they're so dead, they don't even have souls. You don't even know what it's like, they're Mom. The, they're the darkest of dark, man. <laughs> I do like the Morphan. I also like the, uh, I'm not going to say it, Fuethan. Fuethan, yeah. Fuethan. I also just like those just because I like their color scheme and I like that that's mostly animal riders. It's the big, it's the ones with all the turtles. Yeah, I like that. If I was going to play Eidneth, and by that I mean <laughs> go back and then not sell you all the Eidneth and that I was going to play three years ago when oh. I never played this army to begin with. I'm a liar. Fuethan's not the one with all the turtles. That's not a large one. It's what? All the turtles. Is it not? Oh, okay. Sorry. Well, not Fuethan's the one with the... all the eels. Yeah. yeah. Fuethan has all the eels. That's the one I was going to play was just eels and sharks. Yeah. Because I like them. They're cool. The sharks are still neat. So is there anything else on the lore we want to touch at before, besides the awesome picture on page 37, which I think if you have the book at home, go look at the picture on 37 right now. It's like the movie poster for Eidneth Heroes. I just like that piece of art, mostly because it's got Lotan up there. Mo and it's mo most importantly, it has Lotan at his proper place on top. And, and and I really like that everyone is posed hyper aggressively, even him. But all he's doing is like aggressively getting ready to jot down somebody's name. Mm -hmm. But he's the way he's posed is like, oh, I'm gonna write this down so hard. It's gonna be so cool. But, that, but his octopus friend, man, he's gonna bludgeon you. His octopus is terrifying. That's the part you don't want to deal with. No. Yeah, and I'm looking now, and it's like, oh, here's some stuff about the beasts and the reavers and the thralls. They get through all this stuff like that. I mean, basically what you need to know about the Eidneth is that the lowercase, the thralls and stuff, the Namardi, born without souls, fight, and then the reason, I guess, you can resurrect them so easily on the tables because they don't have souls, and you're just grabbing new ones and shoving them in there and that you kind of stuff. You just need a body, man. It is weird that when you play this army, we'll get to this more in the, in the stats part, when you play this army at that level, you're playing a death army. Yeah. Because you're resurrecting constant little dudes who are pale with a sword. And it's like, this is interesting that this plays parallel to that. But they would, of course, morally be very opposed to that kind of thing. But they're doing the same thing on we're, the table. We're competing for the same real estate. Basically, yeah. yeah everybody... maybe, maybe death is there. Death I'm is not there. saying, is real listen, army? if they worshipped Nagash, this would make the most perfect death army. Because it could raid souls... It could bring them back to Nagash, and it would be living, which means it can get around all the wards and magics that prevent Nagash's armies from doing crap. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. they would make the perfect death army. I really, and this this is the last thing we'll say before we go to the commercial, and we'll come back and we'll talk about all the other stuff. I really wish they would start expanding death with undead versions of other races. Oh, that'd be How cool. cool would that be to have a skeletal shark? Oh, like Or like a half, like because you got the zombie dragon. Yeah. Zombie turtle. So, oh. That's what I want. Or even better, give us an all new thing. Give us like a, a huge like crab that's like decomposing that has just zombies falling out of it or something. Yeah. See, see, they could do a really cool Eidneth thing. 
I just want more death figures, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I want to get back to that. Half crab. Half crab. Oh, man. <laughs> All testosterone. Oh, uh, is there anything else? In the no, stuff? Let's, let's, hit, let's hit a break and then we'll, we'll jump into the back half of this medieval. Let's get in that back half. Gigabytes Cafe in Marietta, Georgia is your one-stop shop for everything you need for your favorite hobby or fandom. Gigabytes carries a wide selection of miniature lines including Games Workshop, Reaper, and WizKids, not to mention all the terrain, paints, and hobby supplies you need to supplement your tabletop games. Not a wargamer? The cafe boasts an ever-growing selection of hundreds of board games, TCGs, CCGs, and other nerd-based acronyms eager to join your collections. So what are you waiting for? Go to gigabytesonline.com and start shopping now. Starting your own podcast is easier than you think with Blueberry Podcasting, the official home of Atlanta Warhammer. Not only do they make uploading and hosting audio files a breeze, they also feature full WordPress integration, so you can easily share your podcast with the world. All Blueberry podcasts are optimized for Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and about 100 other podcast services. They even have a free tech support and downloads, and with no contract, you can cancel any time. To get started today, visit Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. While you're there, use the code A-T-L-W-A-R to get one month of premium hosting totally free. Once again, that's promo code A-T-L-W-A-R at Blueberry.com. Get your voice heard today. And welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that lovely commercial break. What if it was just 30 seconds of fart sounds, and I just just did that just to see? Only if those fart sounds are also done in a bathtub. So Uh, it's making, like, the weird, like, bubbly, like, trumpeting sound. Oh, well, see, David was standing up in the shower when I was recording them. Uh, Yeah. I was trying out my new Foley set. Yeah. Yeah. How'd that work out for you? Uh, It was pretty good, but uh, he kept splashing around, so I was worried the equipment was going to get wet. Mm. You know, he's Mm -hmm. a very, very aggressive farter that day. Yeah. I was like, what what kind of splashing around are we talking about? Like, Uh, we're talking about, like, like... Like shower splashing around? Really? Or are we talking about like I think a little like bit depth of leak- charges? Yeah, like, like just that. Some leakage. Yeah, yeah like, like depth real, charges. Like some real splatter effects. Yeah. It's <laughs> like a shotgun. Like a Pollock shotgun. Ugh. Uh, uh, no, that's not good. He's not like, here on the show, so we can say whatever it's we like want. like a starfish pattern? He's not going to listen this far in, so no. we can do whatever the fuck he, we want. He, he, was, he, was like, he was like five minutes, he was like, ugh, a bunch of fish people. I don't want to hear this. He just listens to see how we do Justin's ad and then turns it off and goes Correct. to the next episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't care about the eye nuts, but I do. I care about them because I feel like I'm going to be fighting them a lot. Yeah, because so, I run them. Yes, that's very true. <laughs> and that, and I, and I want to know uh, what's coming up. And I've actually fought them a bunch before. We were a little late on this book, but that's kind of cool in a way because we've kind of seen how this book gives you a new way to play. Yeah, and we've sort of seen how Eidneth is devolved, or I don't want to say devolved, but has evolved into like three different play styles. Yeah, like there are three different ways you can play them. And each of them have their own benefits and drawbacks and stuff right. like that. And they're good. And that's the, that's what I love about every one of these books so far. None of them have come out where you look... Well, okay. Most of them, you don't look at one fact, one sub-faction or one way to play and go, well, that's clearly the narrative. It's no fun. Mm-hmm. It's never going to win a game. Like, even those narrative ones that usually are the silly ones, like all Magma Dross or all Turtles, actually have some competitive play. Right. You're probably not going to win against, like top tier meta stuff but then again that's going to be the top five percent of any big tournament you go to in your local area you might just be dominating with all magma droths right now which is the fun way to do it but also really good yeah so just kind of weird yeah it's kind of cool i'm glad that they're doing that uh i i am 
nervous about Dawnbringers the closer we get to this <laughs> to see what's going to happen. Because they haven't dropped a ball in any book yet. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, David's not here. Please let it be, Ogors. Like, <laughs> please don't drop the book on the cities thing. Like, I really need that to be a knockout of the park. Um, or, or, you know what it's going to be? It's going to be Gits. That's going to be the one. Is it going to be the bad one? Yeah, they're just they're going to do the same thing. They're going to give you eight armies that don't play together <laughs> in one book. Maybe they'll just play a little bit better together. I hope so. I hope they do what they did to Skaven, which we'll get to our Skaven episode uh, once I find another Skaven player <laughs> to talk with me about all the changes Skaven has gone through. Which is a lot. A lot. And the new Skaven book, it's not. it didn't shoot them up to the top A power level like uh, people were thinking it was going to. But that's totally fine because it shot them up to the mid A's with a lot of sneaky tricks. Mm-hmm. And that's good. But it also lets you bring more than one clan, and you can play with multiple clans. And it's not, it's not a nightmare to build a Skaven list anymore, and I hope they take that and do that to like the rest of those big mismatch armies like Gits to make it to where it's like, you're not penalized for bringing only Trogs or bringing Gits or not having you know Squig synergies and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Squig synergies is a weird thing to say to another grown man. You know what else is a weird thing to say to another grown man? Is it an Idna thing? Uh... Moon Orbilar. <laughs> that is a weird thing to say to a grown man. Uh, Shrask Eel. Yes, 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 yes. Juvenile Quad Tear. Oh, I am, and thank you. Mm-hmm. How about a How about a Dire Brian Angler? Uh, no thanks. I had one for lunch. Mm. Yes, yes. Hey, uh, Josh. Yes. How do fish like playing basketball? I, d- I don't know. Well, they're afraid of the nets. Which is an option you can take on your shark, but what do I get <laughs> if I'm just bringing Ideneth to the table? Well, first off, you need to choose an enclave. All right. And all the how enclave- would I do that? Well, you got six of them to choose from, and they all do something slightly different. Neat. Um, but if you turn to page seventy in your book, yes, Zach, kids, follow along. Yes, follow along at home. Uh, you have six. You have six enclaves. Um, I guess I could just we could just read like the mass of sticky notes. Yeah. There we go. I couldn't get my book open. Uh, but you have Ironrock. Mm-hmm. These are your main ones. Your hammers of Sigmar. Your yeah. The top, the guys that they're painting all their stuff to look like. Right. Uh, so if you choose this one, uh, you can carry out, a, you get the Legacy of Glory, which is you can carry out a heroic action with a friendly Iron Rock Akelian hero. Instead of any other uh, heroic action, you can carry it with that hero. If you do so, you pick one friendly Iron Rock Akelian unit wholly within 12 inches of the hero. And until the end of that turn, you can choose for that unit to be affected by either the Flood Tide, Ebb Tide, or uh, ability from the Tides of Death table, in addition to the other abilities from the Tides of Death table they are affected by. Well, that so, seems pretty good to me. It's a pretty cool once, like, one trick, like, one quick trick type of thing. And we'll come back, of course, and explain, because this is a book where you will, you'll flip back and forth between four pages when you're kind of understanding yeah, the, how the, it works. When you're trying to figure out Ideneth for the first time, you do have, like, four pages you need to keep uh, constantly tabbed, because you do have to flip back and forth a lot, and it is not well laid out. That's that's true. <laughs> oh boy, when do we get to that Skaven book? I gotta show you. There's a page in there that I looked at and went. Games Workshop just shit the bed on it's this. Just one. A, it's just just a, a nightmare. There's a nightmare chart in that thing. Uh, do you want to read us for the the Nautilar one then? Uh, sure. Let's talk about the Nautilar, uh, which are the defending moving cities of the, the Leviathan Guardians. So uh, you can carry out this monstrous rampage with a Nautilar Leviathan instead of any other monstrous rampage. Same thing as the first one. If you do, chase the rend characteristic of that Matt Levadon's massive scythe fins and crushing jaws to rend three until the end of the next combat phase, which is a very important way to look at the timing of that until the end of the next combat phase. So it's like, you, you don't have to think like, okay, if I get it, I got only the one shot of it kind of thing. You could have it go, and it doesn't say, um, obviously it's a monstrous rampage, so you can do it on your opponent's turn as well. Correct. Which I also like. What's the normal rend on the turtle? Uh, I believe it's minus uh, minus one on, oh. the, on the scythed fins. Cool. 
that is really good then to go from a minus right. one. Hold on, I'll try to pull it up. I'm, I'm also flipping pages. We're also flipping. Uh, okay, uh, we're flipping uh, so many pages. Minus one. Okay, yeah. Found it. yeah. So you go from minus one to minus three. That's pretty solid. Oh, and by the way, Nautilar is also the one where you get to bring uh, Turtles' battle line. Which is up to three, I think, is the points. Correct. <laughs> That's basically yeah. it. And then they, you didn't have, like, bring, they didn't let us bring four because we could. They, they didn't want us to run Ninja Turtles, which I'm very mad about. I am really upset about that. Yeah. They should have had a hero option on one, So, but only with a half shell turtle power. Right. But they should have had an option for that. Yeah, yeah because all I, all I want... All I wanted was to run four turtles and have... I just wanted to take, like, one little Skaven guy, stick him on the back of one. Well, I've got plenty of Skaven if you want to put some extra Skaven on there. And you can just run the comics accurate one. Just do uh, Donatello, Leonardo, and Michelangelo. That's true. Yeah. That's That's a TMNT comic book spoiler from 1996, I think. They killed Raphael. And so, yeah. But first they turned him into a Stegosaurus for a while. Those comics are wild as hell, man. Wild. They're, They're wild. so weird. They were just nonsense acid trip. Oh, what about these uh these more fan? I'd well, like some more fan. Well, the more fan we get more fan for your buck. Oh right. Finally, a place for my only more fans. Yeah. So you have these soul magic edups. Mm-hmm. Uh you more fan is what you're gonna see a lot of. I'm just giving you uh, yes. a whole a total oh, I, heads up. I'm aware. Yeah. This is the you're death gonna, army. You're gonna see a lot of more fan. Uh so here's what the Morphan ability gives you. Uh, if the Lure Light ability of a friendly Morphan Soul Render affects a friendly Morphan Namari unit, um, add three to the number of slain models that are returned to that unit. Whew! Yeah, so... Hold uh, that in your thoughts, kids, because yeah. we're going to come back to that combo. M- Morphan Soul Render's already returned units. You're just going to get to add three to that. It's... It's solid. It's real It's real dirty. I, uh, it's real I dirty. saw it in person twice, and obviously I was playing Nurgle, so I wasn't killing a lot. But I wasn't killing anything when it came to this. Uh, yeah. How about uh, Fuifen? How about? Oh man, I'm gonna hate you for making me read this one. All right, everybody, buckle in. This one's a little <laughs> weird. You can include a bloodthirsty shivers in your army. What that is is it's three sharks in a unit. We'll explain in a second, or later on what that is. Just you get to have that. This is the thing that unlocks that. Uh, at the start of the combat phase, you can pick one unit from each Bloodthirsty Shiver in your army. If you do so, until the end of that phase, if the unmodified hit roll for an attack made with that unit's ferocious bites is a sick, it does two hits instead of one. Make a wound and save roll for each hit. That Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, if the attacking unit is within three inches of one or more other units from the same Shiver, its ferocious bite scores three hits instead of six. So what this is really encouraging you to do is have a bunch of sharks jump on one target like a feeding frenzy. Correct. And just beat the crap out of it and then move on to the next thing. Correct. So this is how you use sharks to take out big stuff, like right. Archeon or a Great Unclean one or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So the trick, because I've run Fuithin before, I did not run Fuithin correctly. The trick on Fuithin is... I don't it, even it, know if we're saying it correctly, yeah. honestly. So Fuithin will let you, let you bring Blood Cersei Shivers, um, and you they also will get to count as battle line. You know, like sharks will get to count as battle line in that. The trick is that you start running just a ton of sharks. I was about to ask, what's the? T- We're gonna do some math over one of these breaks and come back it's, because I want to know the maximum sharks I can put in a list. Uh, it's a it's a lot of available. You might have you might have just sold me back on the dumbest slow grow eyed Neth army I possibly could. It's a lot. I've got one fish already. I think you can run nine sharks. Oh, that's it. You're talking. I got fifteen Charybdises. That's might be, nothing. Well, okay, hold on. You might. You, <laughs> I think you actually might be able to run more than that, but. It depends on how many bloodthirsty shivers they let you. So three of so if you they're four ninety four ninety five for a bloodthirsty shiver. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's you could run three of those and then a hero and then another shark. It could just be sharks and heroes. It, it could just, just be sharks and a hero. Sharks and a king. That's all. Yeah. I think that works pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'd be okay with that. It's it, it can get real gross. It's it doesn't always work because you're really shooting for those sixes on the on the bites. Yeah. But it seems like if you if you carefully use their no pylon ability, and I have learned from playing a tournament with Nurgle that that can change a game. Yeah. Uh, or keep Kragnos locked up for three turns where he just fucking sits around <laughs> doing nothing. You could you could do some really sneaky stuff with that, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be kind of fun. A uh, friend of the show, uh, Mackenzie Ewing, you might be familiar with them. Oh, yeah. He's been on the show a couple times. <laughs> a couple times. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we were talking about Fuithan and how we think there's we think there's a combo to run in this where you run, like, just an incredible amount of sharks and then just, like, some basic stuff to, like, hold some objectives for you and then you just hold the sharks go freaking nuts yeah because it, it just happens like it's not like you have to spend anything in order to make any of those abilities go off hey you could put those uh those that bloodthirsty shiver that's not a battalion they could be bounty hunters yeah as well oh that's terrifying well no wait wait yeah bounty hunters can have mounts uh, that's right mm, bounty hunters can have mounts they cannot yes. be but the uh the other thing can't yeah, the Galatian veterans. The Galatian veterans. Which is just how your sharks want it. They don't have horses, right. and you have horses that are mouths that go fast. Delicious. Solid. Mm-hmm. Then tell me about Dom Hain. Yeah, <laughs> Dom Hain. All right, here you go. You get to read the worst one now. Ah, uh, yes. The Marty Savages. So, if you take the first turn in the current battle round in your combat phase, after a friendly Dom Hain Namarty unit has fought for the first time in that phase, if there are no enemy units within three inches of that Dom Hain Namarty unit, you can attempt to charge with that unit if it is within 12 inches of any enemy units. If that Dom Hain-Namarty unit finishes that charge within half an inch of an enemy unit, you can pick that unit to fight for a second time in that phase when it is your turn to do so. If you take the second turn of the current battle round when a Dom Hain uh, hero issues the redeploy command to a friendly Dom Hain-Namarty unit, you can pick up to three friendly Dom Hain-Namarty units to receive the command instead of only one friendly unit. Whew! Alright, so let's, uh, let's break this down into actual human speak. Yeah. this is one of the most over-engineered paragraphs. So what it's saying is... If you take first, if you if turn roll off, whatever happens, and you go first, um, after a friendly Domhar Namardi essentially smashes and, and bashes, bashes, you get a charge into a smash and bash. So it's kind of Gordrak's rule, where right. if he kills you on the impact, he gets to keep rolling in. Right. So you have to have, it has to be within 12 of an enemy unit, has to have nobody within three, which means you've probably killed whatever it was it was fighting. And then if you complete the charge, which is the whole one half anything, you can have it attack something else instead. Right. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. That's pretty solid. If you if you're set up to where on that turn you know you've got four or five things that can maybe go in and just peel off little targets here and there. Yeah, you and can kind of close in ranks a little bit. Yeah. The bonus on the redeploy too is also nice because it will you'll get to get a little bit of distance when you don't want to be in combat yes. either. Yeah. So that one the the Dom Hain makes a lot more sense when you look at it in combination with the tides of battle yes yeah it does and this whole army is just synergies yes it's, it's very so synergistic um i i would say the redeploy thing only is the less good of those two because it is a random number right and it sucks on something that has a natural movement of 14 to roll a one on a redeploy and it's like well all right yeah but we've seen it one inch can matter that's very true but my entire life i was like are you talking about our dating profiles <laughs> or what now <laughs> Uh, speaking of piling in eels. Yeah. Oh, all right. And we got a Bramdar? Brimdar. Brimdar? Bramdar. All right. Uh, these are the Gyran ones, the green gulch livers. So, during deployment, if you set up a friendly Bramdar Soul Scryer using the Finder of Ways ability, up to three friendly Eidneth Deepkin units can join that Soul Scryer instead of two. This is like your deep strike option. Deep strike option, yeah. yeah. In addition, when you set up any units that join that Soul Scryer, you can set them up wholly within 12 
and more than nine instead of their normal distance, which is less than that, I'm guessing, because otherwise, why would they tell you to go to 12? We're definitely not searching because we didn't research what, how the Soul Squire Deep Strike works. I think it's within six on adult, on a, or maybe it's within nine. Guess guess which one neither of us was ever really going to yeah, play yeah, as. Yeah, I don't run uh, this one. Yeah, wholly within six of the battlefield edge and more than nine from all enemy units. Oh. Yeah. So you don't have to do that anymore. No, you get a much bigger spot, yeah. which means you can drop big stuff in. Yeah. Because you were not going to be putting, like, a bigger unit next to him and having him deep strike that. But all it is is a deep skin unit. So you can get, a, what, a 20-pack, 30-pack, I guess, if they're battle line. You could just drop a 30-pack of something just directly on the middle of the table, basically. Two of them. Even three units of ten, you could get so nuts with this. I, I think that's pretty cool. You could just, like, you could just, yeah, you have, you have like one really big deep strike ability, which is really cool. Yeah, I think the only reason that one doesn't seem better is because if you're bringing enough people for that to make sense, you're probably bringing more fans so that they stay on the table longer, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then you're not gonna get that cool the, thing, the cool more fan ability. Yeah. yeah. But those are the uh, those are the enclaves. Yeah. So, so you pick one of those. Yeah. So pick one of those, <sighs> and then know that you super making. that you get one thing that's really cool. Yes. And every every no matter what enclave you choose, you'll get these two things you get some stuff right i i genuinely think this is the best ability that is in the game really uh well, it's, forgotten nightmares it's forgotten nightmares it's yeah. pretty good so friendly idnf deepkin units can only be picked as the target of a shooting attack if they are the closest eligible target to the attacking model yes i cannot tell you how many times this has saved my bacon oh absolutely because you have your turtle too close to everything and no one wants to shoot the turtle because it's not going to do anything if you didn't bring long strikes. Because he has a two-up save. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not doing mortal wounds or long strikes or, or something, you're not yeah, killing that you're turtle. You're not killing the turtle. And yeah. Or if you want to run them as Morphan and you're like, cool, I'll just, throw the, I'll just throw the thralls in front. And it's like, neat, I will just return them to the field. Yeah. Because they're just going to get returned. They'll never stop. I mean, well, Ideneth has always been the anti-shooting army. But it is, and they're even more anti-shooting than they used to be. It is solidly good anti-shooting. If you want to break a shooting meta... Ideneth is where it's at. If you're, if, you, if your local meta is, oh, a bunch of shooting armies. You just got Carriger and Overlords and Stormcast and Cities just firing guns. Just firing guns Luminet at you. Still, maybe. Freaking run Ideneth. Get some fish. Get some fish. It will, it will break them. That's true. <laughs> and I guess we should clarify. If a shooting attack allows you to pick a point on the table, uh, much like, I would say, Stormcast or Dragon shooting, you can yeah, still do you that, can still too. still do that. Yeah. So there are ways around it. That as an IDNF player, you need to be aware of. Anything that lets you pick a point on the table does not have to care where you are or something like that. And stuff like uh, Bastion, when he calls down lightning, it's just pick a model so it doesn't count as a shoot. Like all, anything that is in the shooting phase that is not a shooting attack doesn't qualify for this. But 90% of the game is shooting attacks. So right. it's still really, really good. But just when you're playing, probably be aware of like, oh, wait, that guy's got a way around me. You yeah, know, he indirectly shoots at me kind of thing. And then the other thing that you get is the your tides. tides of death. Tides of death. Tides of death. Mermaiders. So, this is going to be one of those things that you will need to, if you're going to be an INF player, you're going to have to remember this. Go go to Thingiverse or wherever you get your 3D printed files from. Make friends with somebody uh, and have them print you a little counter for yep. all of this crap. So that you will know. This is, this is a thing that you will need to keep track of. Thankfully, it's not randomized like Nurgle. Yeah, it doesn't just bork you over in the first turn sometimes. Right. And you go, well, this is going to be useless. This is going to be useless. Yeah. Um, this and one, it's not like Daughters of Cain where it just constantly stacks and gets better every turn. Right. Why don't you have someone else's rules too? Yeah, no, you. this is a <laughs> round by round. You have to remember what your weird ability is. So, battle round one. It's a low tide. In the in this battle round, friendly Ideneth Deepkin units are treated as being in cover. 
That's great. That's solid. So good. That between that and the shooting, you're not going to get shot not off the table. Not going to get shot off the table turn one. Yes. Battle round two. In this battle round, friendly friendly Ideneth Deepkin units can run and still shoot or charge in the same turn. This is the get yourself set up mm-hmm. <laughs> round. Get yourself set up. Maybe have your sharks or your uh, thralls or whoever, whichever one has the bows, pick off. Lighten up some stuff, weaken down some try, things. Try, you and, know. try and do a little bit of damage, but get to where you need to be. Yeah. Because in battle round three, in this battle round, the strike first effect applies to friendly Ideneth Deepkin units. That means in combat, on both your mm-hmm. turn and your opponent's turn, you want to be in combat because all of your stuff gets to hit first. Barring anything that gives you the strike last or somehow resets your timing, or right? your yeah. whole army is going to get to go first. whole army is going first. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. Having played against Ideneth over the last uh, two books and basically tons of Ideneth armies, that's the turn where you're like, oh, man, you're sitting there on the other side just clinching. <laughs> it's just, a, like, I just a whole butt clinch. I, I think, I don't know, maybe that's why I really like resilient armies is because I, I get turns like that where I'm like, just hold on, Plague Bearers. <laughs> you, gotta, like, you just got to hold there. out. Just deal just with another it. turn. Yeah, really. Then you get to battle round four. In this battle round, friendly Ideneth Deepkin units can retreat and still shoot or charge in the same turn. So if you didn't kill anything, get out of combat. Run away. Run away. Or set yourself up for a... Because you can uh, receipt and still shoot and, shoot and charge. If you've damaged enough stuff and they're trying to pull away from you, yeah. hunt them down. Hunt them down. Yeah. So. Solid. Little, little... And then, of course, in battle round five, uh, you repeat. Back to low tide. You repeat for battle round five plus. So for if you're playing a... Six round game? Six round game, I guess. I, I guess I if you're playing like I guess a narrative, it's for narrative. Yeah, yeah, you might just continuously play. Or uh, like a whatever apocalypse level game would be or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You could do that. But yeah, it's uh, you're basically you're playing for turn three. Yes. And using turn four to kind of just clean up wherever. Right. Which, when we get into the, uh, the battle tactics and stuff, it's interesting because I think this is an army that might also have a hard time with battle tactics now in the new book. Because you're going to have a hard time eliminating stuff if you're not on the turn you want it to be and if your opponent is smart they're going to be able to deny you a lot because yeah. you're kind of in a weird spot you have to play with this timetable to be really effective the game and the battle plan might not want you to do that yeah yeah so that's like the challenge for Ideneth is not necessarily your opponent it could just be the scenario has it made this difficult. really challenging yeah. yeah they're they're certainly an army that may suffer from the way the battle tactics are now set up Yes. Which is good that the Ideneth battle tactics themselves are actually okay. They're not bad. They're They're not bad. They're way more manageable than they have been for some of the other books. Right. Except for Daughters, who just got, I think, the ones that were already in the (laughs) GHP. Again. (laughs) Yeah, again. Um, So then you also have Ishran ruins uh, rituals. You get to bring one of the, you get to do one of these if you bring an Ishran hero. Yes. Uh, Did any of these stick out to you, Zach? Did you like Um, one in particular? I I had marked down one and two as the two that I would probably go between. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first one is the Ritual Creeping Mist. It just gives you guys the low tide ability. They cannot be picked as a target of a shooting attack unless they're within 12 inches of the unit. That's just if you know you've got a super heavy shooting. And even with your Forgotten Nightmares, you're still going to get blasted off the table. It's just a little extra protection yeah. you can set up. The one nice thing about the Ishran ruin or rituals, rather, I keep calling them ruins, but the rituals is that you do get to choose this after, um, after starting command points. So yeah. this is a thing that happens not in your army creation, but actually when you get to the table. Right. So you do get to kind of build this a little bit towards whomever your opponent is. Yeah, and so I like not that. A bad, it's not a bad thing to have an Ishran hero with you. Oh yeah, and you just get to do the thing. Yeah, I think that like. 
having the option to if you if you just see guns and guns and guns and you're like no matter what i do i'm just gonna eat so many bullets in the first couple of turns yeah that could be something that gets you a helpful thing and then um i just said the add one to run rolls and charge rolls uh when they're affected by the flood tide that just basically helps get you into the zone quickly Mm -hmm. Uh, but they're all pretty decent i mean and once again it's just a a free thing you get so if you've got one of these rich uh isharan then you've got the ritual you got the ritual i think you can bring more than one right I think there's an artifact or something that lets you bring... Uh, yeah. There might be an artifact. That I lets might you be one, vaguely yeah. misremembering this, yeah. but we'll find out when we get farther into the book. Indeed. So, uh, now we're into the... Now enhance- we're farther into the book. Yeah, now we're farther into the book. <laughs> and enhancements and artifacts of power. So, yeah. uh, we'll start with the command traits, right? Yes. So, uh, these are for your Akalian hero. This is the traits of the Akalians. Did you like one out of this? I wrote down the one that you're going to take and the one that's the most fun. They're not the same <laughs> one. <laughs> All right. Uh, the one that you're going to take is probably number two. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go with the hero and you're going with like lots of bodies and stuff, you're going to just go ahead and take that so the battle shock doesn't hurt yeah. you. It's kind of a no-brainer. I think number three is fun. Uh, I don't think it's going to be seen as much, mm-hmm. but I just like the uh, for each enemy unit within three inches of the general, you add two to their attacks characteristic. I just like the idea of taking a, an Amarty King and just or a Kellyan King and just throwing him into like you know how sometimes when you're playing a game of Age of Sigmar, this game that this uh, podcast is about, we should have mm-hmm. announced that two hours ago. Uh, welcome, everyone. This is the weirdest Batman miniatures game podcast you've ever heard of. So I think that the idea, you know how when you're playing uh, Age of Sigmar and sometimes you'll have like that little weird hero pack that yeah. ends up by itself where it's like all the support heroes. I just like the idea of having this king just go over and get like 12 attacks and just wiping out a whole bunch of heroes at once because the Kellyan Kings are chopped. Really good. They can be driven. They can go up into like nonsense numbers of damage. Yeah. Uh, and they get impact charges, and you can get a mount trait for the mayor. Like, a lot of stuff. I like the idea of just having a little hero Death Star where you're just like, yeah, the ones per turn, if he's in the middle of it, he's going to kill everything. One, one guy just going forward and going, yeah. I will lead this charge. I can really see, actually, that one being super useful if you're going to run, like, the eels. Yeah. Like, the eel like the eel combo, where it's like, I've got my Achillean King, and I've got my eels, and so I am, like, doing the old... the. <laughs> A, uh, the old the AOS 2.0 trick yeah of you just uh, skirt your eels around the side of the board for as long as freaking possible and then on turn three you just charge everything in electrocute everything and do a bunch of damage yeah because there's there's still a 14 inch move on basically everything that's a mount in this army I believe correct yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's not you're not good luck yeah. like unless you're slonesh you're not catching it so and that was and that was the old trick in 2.0 is that they just sat and sat and sat and then on turn three they would charge everything in and they would get to they would do their little electrocution thing and do yep. that so if and you then and then it, hope and then hope hope that that worked if it didn't oops yep. but yeah that that kind of works the same way I mean it is an unstoppable fury you kind of want that it's that one turn like spear through the yeah. heart it's like I've got to break all their ranks and if I don't then I've lost I like that and I like the uh, the the visual image of the king being surrounded because it's by each different each enemy unit gives him more attacks mm-hmm. so I like him it's like it's you're not you're not piled in here with me I'm piled right. in here with you yeah and you just like start murdering every unit that came like five different units coming in yeah it's, it's a cool visual I like it you'll probably take number two though because just straight battleshock immunity just yeah that's it's really nice it's really nice you can get that other ways though that's true. Because if you bring a turtle, you're going to get some Battleshock immunity. That's true. So if you have the turtle, you probably don't care about that as much. Right. Uh, the one that I'm always a big fan of, I mean, if we're skipping the Ishran hero, because... Yeah. I I put uh, number I, three. Yeah, it, okay, it's to reverse the tide. Because that's the one that, like, if you're playing to this army type, you're probably going to go for that, for the reverse the tides one. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't really, they didn't interest me to play that way. Like if I was theory crafting this in my head. Yeah. There, but. There's a really nice way of doing that where you do, where basically you get to do it on your strike first effects happen on turn two or round two, I guess. Rather. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's really neat, especially if you're running anything that is like electroshock. <laughs> like if you're doing electroshock therapy. Yeah. Uh, type of thing that you might actually want to do this on turn two and try and get everything killed. Well, and that guy, the Ishran guy, is the one that lets you deep strike, right? Uh, yeah. That is an Ishran hero? Yeah, so, yeah, the Soul Scryer. So, by having him as your general, you can go ahead and deep strike and be ready on turn two. Like, this is the alpha strike way to yeah. build this list, Yeah, super, super alpha strike. Super, yeah. Super strike alpha. I thought that'd be kind of cool. That is neat. I like the Eidolon hero. I like bringing the Eidolon, mostly because I like bringing a... Because he looks cool. Yeah. Yeah. He's freaking riding a big old wave. He's just a bunch of souls and a real big elf that's mad. Yeah. He's awesome. So what did you pick for your... What trait would you give him? Uh, I like the aspect of the sea, personally. Um, that's the... So it's the uh, it's the aspect of the sea only. Um, oh, yeah. The wizard one. Yeah. The wizard version of it. Which is to say, if this general successfully casts a spell that is not unbound with an unmodified casting roll of 7+, this general can atta- attempt to cast one extra spell in that phase. So roll thing. Doesn't get unbound. Gets cast an extra spell. Yeah. He's a good spellcaster. That's pretty gets, solid. Because he also gets to reroll and he gets add to plus one. He's, he's, a, he's a really good spellcaster. He's caster. a solid. And you have good spells yes. in this book. So that's Very good spells in this book. Yeah. I went with uh, Ancient Pride just because I read it first and went, oh, okay. And then I went back and read it and went, oh, wait a minute. That's actually pretty solid. Oh, yeah. Because uh, the unmodified hit for an attack made with a melee weapon that targets a general is a one or a two. The attack fails and the attack sequence ends. And I know everybody's like, well, wait a minute. Most stuff's at a three. Annihilators uh, start it like a two. And, like, it, it, I think it's they started at a two. One of the Stormcast guys starts at a two. But um, you've got a lot of stuff that can be hitting on twos and twos pretty easily that's going to want to hit your general. So cutting out just two numbers in time, one-third of these dice fail no matter what. Yep. No matter what plus you have. I don't care if you got a guy hitting on ones. It's going to be a one and a two as a fail. I like that because it's just mathematically helps your guys survive a little bit more. If you got a big eye line, he's a big target, too. Yeah. So. And, my, and mind you, this was even better when there were still rerolls in the game, too. Yeah. For, uh, for hits, there's less of them now because most of them have been getting pulled out of the game. But when you didn't have rerolls, it was like, oh, wait, no, the attack sequence ends. You do not get to reroll that. Yep. Yeah. It's one or two. Pull it out. It's That's, done. It's done. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> I think daughters have rerolls, actually. But Daughters get everything. <laughs> they got everything. What do they know? They got everything else. They got everything. They even kind of have these guys. <laughs> A little bit. Well, if they want to, they can. Yeah. <laughs> Just ally them in. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, what about the artifacts of power? I wrote down one and wrote maybe, and it definitely wasn't the first one. <laughs> I, anything that has that many dice rolls to go off as an artifact, I'm immediately throwing the bed. Throwing it, throw it away. It's, it's going to fail. Baby out with bathwater. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's not... Honest God, the artifacts are not that great. No, I mean, so you've got the disharmony stones, which can maybe do a bunch of stuff, but they're all on an extra dice roll, so whoops. Um... And it's also at the start of your hero phase, and it's also you have to pick two enemy heroes within range of the bear, so it requires so much setup. Yeah. I, I like the potion of Hateful Frenzy because it's just, once per battle, you drink a potion. Uh, at the end of your turn, you add one to hit and wound, add one to the attack's characteristics of their, all their melee weapons, uh, and add one to run walls and charge walls. So basically just one to everything. Uh, at the end of the next hero phase, they take D3 mortal wounds and they can't pile in until the end of the turn. If you've done your job with your Achelian king, and you got him real drunked up, and you got Unstoppable Fury going on, you don't care if he needs a little nappy nap afterwards because he's killed everything. He's killed everything in the, in the zone because he's done that. And then he's killed a thing. And then you've got him in the thing that lets him go ahead and attack another thing next to it. Uh-huh. Like 
Yeah, sure. He can take a nap. Who cares? Yeah, he's done his job. <laughs> he's, he's he's real sleepy. So I, I was okay with that one. I thought that's kind of a fun thing. Yeah. Uh, I did like the uh, the Ishran. I this is actually the one that I actually like the Ishran one on. Yeah. Uh, with their Dritch Leech, where you get to subtract one from casting rolls, unbinding rolls, and dispelling rolls for enemy wizards within eighteen inches. That's solid. And it has no effect on your guys. Yeah, that's solid. So yeah, minus one to your casting. Within eighteen inches. That is, uh, as someone who let's see, how many times have my spell missed by one in the last tournament we played? I think like at least four times yeah. I missed Rodigus' spell by one. Well, you think about like just spells in general and like what they go off on, right? Is that a lot of them go off on like sixes, like yeah. six is the six is the average. It's, it, like seven is average, right? That's the number that is average for a spell to go off on, or for any like roll of two d six. Yeah, seven is the average. Um. A lot of spells go off on six, so you are likely to get them just more just more than half the time or whatever. Well, now if we take that to a seven, slightly now, better chance. Now you get slightly less. Yeah, take that to an it's take sevens to an eight. Never gonna happen. Right. That, if you're ever scared of like a freaking foot of gork, it's never gonna happen. <laughs> you're taking yep. that to an eleven. <laughs> yeah, and and you're also countering like some of the pluses that a lot of other spellcaster type people get. So, because right. a lot of like things are like, oh, you got a plus one to spellcasting. Well, I give you a minus one, so now it's just back to wherever it was. And, it's and a lot of people are banking on that type of stuff, especially with the the boosted endless spells. Oh yeah, yeah. Spo- <laughs> Spoiler alert. slash maybe next episode talk. Mm. Uh, the endless spells are coming back in weird no- new ways. We're seeing new ones on the table. Shards. It's gonna yeah. be shards. I'm gonna keep. Telling people shards are coming back. No Shard, one believes me. Shards are back, baby. I don't know how to say the last part of that name, but the shards <laughs> are back. They were never gone because no one played them but me. Yeah, but, but if you can, if you can, if you can, I don't want to say take them out, but if you can make them less of a factor, you're anytime you can mitigate something from really hurting you. Yeah, you've done a great thing, especially purple suns. <laughs> especially purple suns. <laughs> yeah. What is cast value of purple sun? Is it eight? I think it was eight. I think it, it's eight. it used to be eight. I don't yeah. know what it is now. So if you take I know it was per- eight because it used to be a four for Nagash. Right. Because I would just whip that sucker out there and be like, here you go. So Let's yeah. see what happens. Take that eight, make it a nine. Well, it's never happening. Yeah. Or very rarely happening. Unless you put that shit in a bottle. Unless you just put that shit in a bottle. Which is great because now if you do that, it just goes wild immediately. And I, I love the idea <laughs> of a KO throwing a Pokeball. <laughs> a purple sun comes out and he's like, <laughs> and just runs. <laughs> just, just bolts. I thought that was the burning <laughs> head. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> he's running away. I thought you always put the comet in that thing. Not anymore. That we ran out of comets. The comet got around. It's <laughs> running. <laughs> it doesn't pulse anymore. Anyway, uh, uh, so which uh, which artifacts do you like? That one. I actually I liked all of them. Yeah. Uh, I thought that the second one with the extra gloom tide was kind of cool. Basically, mm-hmm, you just mm-hmm. get another ship. Those things are pretty decent. They're almost more decent at being roadblocks than they are for their intended abilities because like. I was one of the games I was playing against them. Uh, the guy had set it up to where I, it's hard to get a pack of twenty plague bearers anywhere. And with this shit in the middle, I don't care about the anything that ship's gonna do to me. I'm Nurgle, man. I'm just hanging out no matter what. You give me some mortal wounds, you make me spooky. Oh, the I ship, don't care. Ship doesn't do any of that anymore. So that's the thing. I don't even look at the worst. Yeah. I was like, I don't care. It's physically in the way now. Yeah. And that's kind of a neat use for it. The neat, the neat thing with the ship is that it gives you a ward. Yeah, which is nice for. for and you don't have to be garrisoned in it. You which just, is also nice. Which is also really but nice. But you can but be you garrisoned. you can in garrison in it yeah. and get the ward and more stuff. Fun fact, if you garrison a hero in it, and then you garrison a bunch of other heroes in it, uh, if I hit you with that Nurgle spell that does a disease point to everything within seven inches... Hits everything in the, in the garrison. 
I do. I think I did. Uh, I think I did get somebody with that, and it was like, oh no, that's his whole army's disease now. <laughs> One guy coughed inside of this ship. Well, uh, and, and I just like brain that, barnacles because they're stupid. And that's how plagues get started. That is true. That is true. <laughs> he did not cough into his elbow. One guy coughs in an elevator, doesn't cover it, and doesn't cover it, and then he gets, and then you know, you get a whole freaking global pandemic now out you, of it. Now you get monkeypox, I think, right? I don't at, know what point, monkey at what point does it turn you into a monkey? I can't find that information on the CD. So. Uh, it does not. Oh, well, I'm really disappointed in this one. Sorry, man. And it's two plagues, and neither of them are going to turn us into mutants. Also, monkeypox uh, not carried by monkeys. Really, I know. Carried by rodents. You know, most things are carried by rodents. Most things are carried by rodents. Yeah, we'll get to the Skaven episode Fucking eventually. Skaven. <laughs> <laughs> and I play Pestilence too, which is even worse. <laughs> just narholm everywhere. Um, I I just thought that the uh, the brain barnacle. It, it, more more really? than the visual of uh -huh. anything of what this would actually look like on the battlefield. I'm going to read it because it's really hilarious. At the start of the uh, once per battle, at the start of the hero phase, pick one enemy hero within 12 of the bearer and roll 2d6. If the roll in inches is equal to or greater than the distance, this makes sense in a second. Um, subtract one from hit rolls and wound rolls for the enemy hero for the rest of the battle. I do love a good perma debuff. That's that's good stuff. Ever since I was doing that with Festus, doing minus one to save. And then going, no, 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 for the rest of the game. And they were like, what? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He does that. This is just funny because uh, it's it's just little barnacles that get in your brain. And I imagine it's once again, somebody just whips a Pokeball. And then these little uh, brain barnacles come out and get all up in the hero's face. And now he's uh, now he's got the dumbs at this point. For the rest of the game. I think that's neat. It's a neat little thing. I think it's a really cool thing that you can do on like, because oh, it's not a hero and it's an ability. Yeah, and there's no way they can deny it. The only way you can fail it is by not rolling enough of the distance between right. the two. But if you, you got 2d6, you're going to get at least a 2. If you put this on an Ishran, obviously they're not the ones that want to be in the fights necessarily. No. But you could still have one screened in enough to get in. Or somebody's brought their mega boss to you or something like that. Kragnos. Kragnos. Freaking hit Kragnos with that sucker. It's like, oh yeah, you're hitting on 2s now you're not. <laughs> yeah. It, it, there's not any heroes in the game that can take that much of a debuff and still be doing what they want to do, basically. Because, yeah. you know. That and plus, you also maybe you're uh, you know find other ways to debuff more of their stuff. It's interesting. I'd is like half debuff, half death army. That's why yeah. I say they're a death army. Okay, you could do it to Marathi Kane as well. You absolutely could put brain bugs in Marathi Kane. That's the real way to take Marathi Kane off the table. Yeah, just brain bugger. Actually, <laughs> do you know the real way to take Marathi Kane off the table? It's so stupid. Rules shank. Okay. Uh -huh. So there's this thing in Skaven called the Brass Orb. Everybody at home, you, if you already know what the Brass Orb is, you've already heard about this dumbass combo. I don't think rules is written, it works, but I like the idea. Marathi Kane, you cannot remove one of them if the other one is on the table, and they're always on the table. Blah, blah, blah. You can only do three damage to her. That's how it works. The Brass Orb, you pick up a unit, and then at the end of the turn, your opponent has to deploy that unit back in their starting zone. Essentially... You get them in a Pokeball, and then you whip them all the way back to start. Well, that's really hilarious for, like, Gotrek, because he just spent two turns walking <laughs> up, and then you're just like, back to start, buddy. That means momentarily, one of the Marathi Canes is not on the table. I don't remember which one it is, but I think if you take the one off that has the no more than three damage thing, you can kill the other one, and then the other one shows up and immediately dies. Huh. And I'm like, I don't think that actually works like everyone thinks it does. But, oh, my God, if Skaven, of all the armies, it would be Skaven. They would have the most janky way <laughs> <laughs> to kill Marathi Kane. But I kind of hope that's how it's supposed to work. Because uh -huh. it's so Skaven. You have to use a whole artifact. you got to get a hero directly next to Marathi Kane for it to work. But, man, the hilarity, if that's how it works. That would be some wackiness, and I love it. Yeah, I, I'm here for that. I hope, I hope if it's not, they errata it so it is. Yeah, <laughs> they specifically make it a rule. Just so Skaven can take just so Skaven can, can take out Marathi Kane. Yeah, 
Uh, anyway, back to the, the fish people. I guess we should talk about some more of them. Uh, yeah. So the Eidolon artifacts. What are you sticking on your uh, Eidolon? Since you like to take them as the general. I do like to take them as the general. Uh, so this is the one uh, usually at the... I'll do this one quick. It's the it's the war shell. Yeah, I was gonna say it's the war shell. Yeah, so the dude's cool, but it's the war shell. Yeah. it's the ones per battle at the start of the combat phase. You can say the bearer will unleash the power of the war shell, and if you do so until the end of that phase, if the unmodified hit roll for an attack made with a melee weapon that targets the bearer is one or two, that attack fails and the attack sequence ends. So if you take this, don't also take the yeah. Don't take the other thing. That don't does take it. the other one. Exactly don't take that. Pride. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the exact same thing. This is the once per. This is the once per game one, which yeah. is. Good, because I think in a lot of cases, if you have, depending on the Eidolon that you're taking, if you're taking this, the magic one, you're only going to be in a combat probably once. If you take the, the smashy Eidolon, then take the one, take the ancient one. Yeah, because he's going to be in a fight. He's going to be in a fight. More. You want him in a fight every combat that you possibly can. I uh, I will say the Kraken Tooth has potential. It still has my least favorite thing, which is an artifact that on a one does something bad yep and it does it to you it gives you d3 mortal runes so basically once per battle in your shooting phase you you pick an enemy unit within 12 and roll a thing on a one you take d3 on a two to five they take d3 on a six uh and it's called a tasty morsel you pick a model in the target unit if it has a wounds characteristic of less than 10 Uh it is slain uh if it's more than 10 it takes 2d6 mortal wounds so if you're like just the game is not going your way you could you could hail marry this thing into somebody and theoretically do twelve just damage. Just Merc a general possibly. Merc a general, or let's say you've got two annihilators that have just been sitting there with a two up save and they will not budge out of your way. They only have three wounds, mm-hmm. so you can kill one immediately with this, not have to worry about it. I just thought it was kind of neat, but it does have that uh, artifact failure where it's like on a one, it's the no whole good. reason you brought it doesn't work. Yep, and you feel real silly. And let me tell you, when you need that to happen. That's when that one's going to show up. That's when that one's going to show up, when you need to turn off somebody's ward. Yeah. I'm not salty. <sighs> no, no, no. But the uh, the saltwater fish are. Yes. So let's talk about the mount traits. Indeed. Uh, they got a lot of them. They got a lot of them. Because there's so many mounts. Everything's got to... Like, there's so many things with mounts in this game. That's true. No giant crab yet. No giant crab. No. Give it time. I hope. We'll get there. We do, have, we do have small crab. Yeah. But I want bigger. I want bigger crab. I want more crab. I want, I want pie plate crab. Oh, yes. That's what I want. Too many legs. Too many claws. Gun claws. <gasps> don't, don't, <laughs> don't you tempt me with it's gun, gun with claws. Gun and they, claw crab. The gun claws, and they shoot, uh, I lost where the little fish names were for this joke to make any more sense. Well, okay, they shoot little fish out of their gun claws. They shoot phantasma rays at you. Mm, mm, mm-hmm. Phantasma ray? Phantasma rays. Uh, so there's two different sets of, uh, of mounts. There's yes. Deepmare mounts and Leviathan mounts. We'll just go through the mounts. We'll, we'll and you just get go the mount. uh, one of each. Yes. So if you have one of each, you get a mount trait per, per thing. It's not just one mount trait, which is cool. Uh, so on the Deepmares, you, have, could, uh, you could take Swift, Fiend, and Paler, which uh, allows if the roll for this unit's Deepmare horn ability is a six, the target, units, uh, the target suffers D6 mortal wounds instead of D3 mortal wounds. That's pretty solid. You could go with Savage Ferocity where you get to add one to the attack's characteristic of this unit's fangs and talons and its lashing tails. Mm. Pretty nice. Pretty good. Pretty or good. you could go with the classic Void Chill Darkness. This is the one you go with. <laughs> Which you get to subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by enemy units that are within three inches of this unit. That's not at this unit. No, That's no. just within three it's inches of this unit. Hanging out nearby. Just, so just chilling. Once again, you've got this guy, right? You've, uh, you've set him up 
with the uh, Unstoppable Fury, uh-huh. right? So all of those people he's fighting, one-on-one-v-one-me, bro, against all eight of them are also taking minus one to hit to hit him back. And he got real drunk before the fight, so he's just super ready to go. You're just so like, mad. You just make just a murder machine for mm-hmm. one turn in the game. He's, like uh, he's your drunk uncle that shows up at the, bo- at the local bar, and there's a biker gang there. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'm going to fight all these bikers. <laughs> but unlike your drunk uncle... Uh, he might actually win, yeah. and you won't have to bail him out and then call your mom and explain why her brother has been fighting bikers again. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I liked, I liked uh, Void Chill. That was the one that I played. Yeah, Void Chill's, Void Chill's the best. I think uh, the... Do you want to go over the Leviathan ones real yeah, fast? Yeah, why don't you read them off? Okay, so these are for your toits. So if you got a toit, you get a toit trait. Uh, the Leviathan-only ones, If the first one, Ancient. That's just just ancient. He's just old. Yeah, what is he? He's fucking old. Yeah, you know why he's uh, old? Because he has, he can uh, use a rend characteristic of minus one. Is changed to minus nothing. Yeah, he's got so, super hard shell. That's just, why he's old. Just ignores rend. Yeah, just just nice. Just a general nice. Make your opponent spend that plus one to hit, so they can get more attacks through. Because you've taken their rend out, and they gotta they gotta guarantee something. You know, um, and not a lot of stuff that I am aware of gives you rend in like the combat phase. Like, there's not a lot of ways to bump up Rend in... I, I know every army might have, like, one or two, like, a spell here and there. Or, like, Big something wah, can do... something like that. Yeah, something to do that. But, like, rarely does it increase your Rend a ton. Yeah. So, like, if you're sitting at a negative one Rend, and you're depending on that with, your, like, your battle line or something, like, let's say you've got Ossiarch and you're not playing Petrifix, having that... Lo- losing that Rend is a losing a ton of damage. The turtle's already sitting on a two-up save. So, no Rend <laughs> means you're just... If you put anything against it with a Rend one, good night. Yeah. You're going to spend the whole game looking at that turtle. That turtle is going to be chomping through you. Yeah, and it's just going to keep eating. Uh, and then you've got the Denizen of the Darkest Depths. The uh, Subtract one from wound rolls for attacks made with melee weapons that target this unit that have a damage characteristic of one. Pretty solid. Once again, battle line, not going to do great against these things. Uh, I think the Rend one's slightly better because it's just more often going to take, you know, yeah. effect, basically. A lot of stuff has Rend one that has, like, damage two, too, so you can help prevent that. And then the uh, Reverberating Carapace, you uh, increase the range of this unit's Void Drum ability from 12 to 15. That seems okay, but also the other two are just much better. Yeah, it's really the Void Drum ability is really good if you're playing a particular type of army. We will get to that when we get to the Leviathan. Yes, <laughs> yes. And finally, we have some spell lures. Yes, we do. So I think we should hit the spell lures. We'll talk a little bit about the, uh, the match play stuff, and then we can come back and talk about some units and uh, give our final thoughts. There you go. Uh, so I, uh, is there? Uh, we'll just say it real quick. Is there? Is there one that stuck out to you? Is oh, there one that you like? One. Okay, number it's one. A, <laughs> I'm a Stormcast player. It's a teleport. Mm-hmm. I know how valuable that is. <laughs> Having the ability, even for a fast army, the ability to just absolutely nope out of something, including um, because it's it's for, pick one friendly hero that's not a monster. So you got your king all ready to go, but whoopsie, he's now got uh, let's say four fulminators about to come in and uh, eat his lunch. You don't want him to take that hit. Here's a good way to just get him the hell out of the way because you don't want to risk rolling a, a one on that redeploy or not being able to move him far enough away to avoid damage. I think teleports are just always useful to have. Teleports super useful. Yeah, I'm with you. It is uh, weird that it's only hero though. Yeah, that's strange. I guess they just didn't want you dropping like a whole unit somewhere. Somewhere, but your heroes are really good, so that's okay. Yeah. What stuck out to you? Uh, countercurrent. Countercurrent, countercurrent is my favorite. Is my is my favorite spell in here because uh, oh yeah, it's a casting value of six and it's a range of eighteen. And if you cast this one enemy unit within range, invisible to the caster, until your next hero phase, you have run and charge rolls for that unit. Which is solid. 
so good. That is a really good way to shut down an army that wants to be, like, in your face. Or at least make it harder. Because if you combine that with the thing that lets you redeploy three units, you're, they'll never get you. They'll unless, never get you'll you. You'll pick any fight you want and you'll ignore the rest of them. Yeah. Especially as things are starting to move into bigger packs. Yeah, now we got this whole Galatian veterans thing going on where everybody's bringing big chunks of guys. So if you bring like, and so here, here's the thing that I love that I'm, I'm particularly like thinking about this now in future is that like if you pick, people are running big packs of stuff. Usually those big packs of stuff are at the front. If you have their running charge rolls and they're at the front, it's also going to slow everything up behind. Yes, it. you are killing their movement by taking something and going. That doesn't get to go where you want it to go. Against certain armies, let's list the ones that I like to play. <laughs> uh, Nurgle, Stormcast, Fire Slayers. They're slow as hell. Uh-huh. Fire, or, uh, Stormcast at least gets to Deep Strike, and Fire Slayers, the way I'm playing it, gets to Deep Strike. But, like, Nurgle, man, it's just, it's just walking. If you cut my run and charge rolls in half, I'm going to have to fall on top of you to get a combat started at that yeah. point. Like, it's... it's And if you're going to... Might be making you burn command points. I mean, you might not care as much if you're Nurgle, but burn command points to get the six just so you can get a three. Yeah, just <laughs> to get just to get a run roll of a three, which means your four movement is now no, seven. A seven, hooray! <laughs> that's all you can do is move seven Neat. inches, and that counts as a run, so there's no charging. Like yeah. that is that's real bad for some armies. I like it. Uh, and when we got the we got the grand strategies and stuff. Let's let's we hit do. these real fast. Yeah, it's uh, on page eighty three for those of you following at home, of course. We should say there is some Path to Glory stuff. It's pretty cool. It oh, we forgot. We, we got we'll, we'll hit uh, page 77 first. I forgot in the Path to Glory. That's the best part of this entire book for me. Oh, I'd already named some of them. Uh, it is <laughs> It is true. This is the Eidneth Deepkin name generator, which they have in a lot of stuff, and I like it. You can finally find out if you're uh, Moon Orbilar Kelpstrider, or I think I did that right. But what's most important is they named all the little dumb fish that you get to put on the base, uh, and I really like this. So uh, I think we should uh, we should go back and forth. We should each read the name uh, and, and see if we can pronounce it right the first time. Go for it. Okay, I'm going to go. F oh, I gotta go the first one. All right, here we go. It is the Dritch Leech. How about the Moon Orbilar? Malefic Screet? Shrask Eel? A Snapping Brawn? Phantasmaray? We should call this one out specifically. This is Bufffish. He finally has a name. The Hippocampus. How about a juvenile quad tear? Uh, I'll raise you a zephyr fish. I'll see that and give you a shellfort crab. Well, I will counter with the dire brine angler. And I will end with a war scuttler. Oh, no! That's the worst scuttlers I've ever seen. It is the worst scuttlers you've ever seen, uh, baby. Yeah, anyway, though, that's the names for all the little things on the thing. You don't have to call it buff fish anymore, although I'm still going to call it because I don't understand why that shark has pectoral muscles. That's misunderstanding of anatomy or maybe it's not and that's how the realms work is just everybody gets pecs everybody is swollen everybody's swollen the mortal realms man it's constantly fighting it's a, and 90, it's a 90s x-men comic <laughs> just constantly i'm covered in patches i can't there's too many bags on me uh and then you get a battalion which is all right you know hey yeah 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 if you're playing path to glory this is the old it's the battalion this is the last battalions from the other books just put on one page yep but you got grand strategies and battle tactics so we know that the current hubbub in the community right now, and by community, I mean like actually tournament organizers. I've heard this on uh, legitimate podcasts like uh, Cubic Shenanigans and what stuff. Do you, what do you mean? We're not a legitimate podcast. We have a podcast name and everything. That's true. We did buy a word. <laughs> <laughs> 
We've, we've done it. I'm looking we have at them. microphones. Yeah. We have, we have a studio, stuff. kind of, that's just your office in a building. It's also a studio, because yeah. I take pictures in it. So that counts, I my think. My hat's in your picture-taking your thing right now. It's in my giant picture cube. Um, yeah. So the the big hubbub right now is that the the GHB current battle tactics are, A, we only have six months to learn them until they're gone, which is not great. Uh, and B... They're real hard for a lot of armies. Some armies, Kane, <laughs> uh, basically have battle tactics to let them walk over points, essentially, while being a really good army. Some armies have really hard battle tactics. Some of the Stormcast ones you can't play by bringing a certain type of army. The Skaven ones you get one, basically, per type of Skaven that you have in your army. So at max, you might be able to get two, and you'd have to play a list specifically to do that. Mm -hmm. This is my favorite one's the Nurgle one, where it's like, summon a great unclean one, have it contest a point that it was not contesting at the beginning of the turn, and then own that point. And it's like, what? What? <laughs> who, who can do this? Um, so, that being said, there's talk of having tournaments be no book battle tactics. All just out of the GHB. As it is an equalizer until either everybody has battle tactics, or they have enough white dwarfs to catch everybody back up, and that kind of thing. So that being said, let's look at the Eidneth ones and see if we think these would be too good or too bad, or do they kind of just middle ground? Yeah. All right. All right, but first grand strategies. First what are you grand trying strategies. to do? So you've got uh, four options. Ready for this? Yes. You can do Akelian Pursuit, which is when the battle ends, you complete this grand strategy if there are three or more friendly Akelian units wholly within enemy territory. That's a pretty easy one. It's very easy to do unless you've been tabled or no. something. Something gets taken your units away. Second one. Is the creeping gloom tide? Uh, when the battle ends, you create, you complete this grand strategy. If there are any gloom tide shipwrecks in your army on the battlefield, and all of them are more than three inches away from all enemy units, this one kind of works. I've tried it before. Uh, it doesn't work against anything that smashes uh, scenery, though. Oh yes, yep, that would remove that. That would remove a piece from it. it also, it, that one hurts. If if I know that this is what you're going for, and I have any throwaway unit that I can just jettison over there on turn five, yeah. just to have it nearby. You know, that's this is something where it's like if your opponent plays against you, you can have a hard time doing it. Right. But you're also making them play against your grand strategy, which means they're not paying attention to other stuff. So maybe that's a viable strategy. Yeah, there's the trick that I was trying to run with it was to put a bunch of archers in there to make one big piece and then just stick a back pack of ten archers in there so that way they could shoot out of it. Mm -hmm. Um and so you would kind of like pull people towards the gloom tide because they'd be like, oh, I need to take that grand strategy off the table. Right. Problem is, I didn't run enough other good stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the problem is, is the game didn't work. The out. game didn't yeah, work, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the, but I think the theory was sound. Uh, you could also go with Dominion of the Deep Ones. Uh, when the battle ends, you complete this grand strategy. If the only monsters on the battlefield are friendly Leviathans, well, that one's risky. That's a tough one because if your opponent shows up with Gargans and you don't table them, you've automatically you've lost, lost this. that one. Yeah, yeah. It's little little matchup dependent. That's the one where you know your friends don't have an army that has monsters in it. <laughs> <laughs> You're just being real cheeky. Like, he, like yeah, he, it's he, fine. I get it. Okay. Uh, and then you could do Nomardi Assault. When the battle ends, you complete this grand strategy. If two or more friendly Nomardi units are within three inches of any enemy units on the battlefield. Or if the only battle line units on the battlefield are friendly Namardi units, uh, I don't know how I feel about that one. If you are running uh, Morfan, mm -hmm. this is the one. I think this is this is smart. Like, so you either run this, or you just run the one that's that's the battle line one from the GHB, which we don't have anymore. Which we don't have anymore. So, so you run this. So you run this, or you run the Achilles. You basically kind of have to build around it a little bit. 
This one, I feel like, is also... The problem is, is it's only battle line units on the battlefield are friendly to Marty. That includes the, your opponents as well. Right. So if I've got one Griff Rider that counts as battle line that moves 12 inches a turn, and you can't chase that guy down, then I can go, cool, you're not getting your three points. He's running over here forever. Well, so... That would be true as long, but remember, you also have the option of your Martys just being within three inches of enemy units. Yes, if two or more friendly units. Yeah, it's it's another one of those ones where like if your opponent on turn two slash three looks at it and realizes that they can deny it to you. Yeah, they can start taking a lot of steps to do that. It's a lot harder, I think, to keep three Achillean units wholly out of your territory because they're so freaking fast. Yeah, like if you just have one eel alive and three squads, you can just jet those guys over there and get it. But not to say that that one's not bad. I think that probably the first one's the. First and second one, I think, are the easiest, because you mm -hmm. can aggressively play for them. Right. Um, but, you know, I don't know I don't know how much strategies and battle tactics are going to play into scoring so much anymore, with so many armies that are having a hard time just scoring anything. more than two of them. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, I mean, I'm kind of wondering if these grand strategies are not even more important because of the failure of battle tactics. Yeah, I think I think in this go-around, we might be you might be right on that. The battle tactics have overcorrected, I think, from way too easy to... Some armies just can't do some of these things right. in the term that you want them to do them. So, what instead, are your battle tactics? Here are the battle tactics for you. Uh, you can do, you get six of them to choose from. Yes. So you have Assassins of the High Tide. You complete this battle tactic if two or more enemy units are destroyed during this turn by attacks made by friendly Idnathikin units that are affected by the High Tide ability. Super easy. That is probably going to happen in the High Tide. So, that is going to happen in the High Tide ability. And you'll know if you're set up for it. Right. You'll be able to look across the table and go, okay, I'm going to hit some real soft targets with these guys. I've got this set up. Got to get this anyway, because high tide is when you got to do most of your damage anyway. I think that's a pretty easy one to yeah. do. Do you want me to take the next one? Sure. All right, so Predators of the Deep. Uh, pick one unit on your opponent's starting army that is on the battlefield that has a wounds characteristic of eight or more and that has zero wounds allocated to it. It's basically unharmed. You complete this tactic if the unit is destroyed during this turn by a friendly Akelian Alapex's unit. Theoretically, not impossible. There's a lot of stuff that has eight wounds or more that's not particularly wanting to get hit by a shark in the face. Um, and Hopefully I'm, a lot of sharks. Hopefully run a, run a lot of sharks. This is where your shiver comes in. Yeah. Because you want to just pile in and just eat this thing. So I can think of some heroes. Um, wounds characteristics of eight or more does cut out like a lot of squishy heroes, though. So it's not... I'm trying to think of what has like an eight. Yandrasta, <laughs> Sebastian Dick Punch. Like, they're both sitting again in eight. That's not a fight you really want to pick out of a zero but if you had to yeah you probably could i think there's probably stuff in other armies that's less chunky to hit that has that many wounds on it or i mean it doesn't necessarily say a, uh, a hero as well so a wounds characteristic or eight or more could be i don't know a particularly shitty monster like a charybdis or something <laughs> that you know you can burn down you mm -hmm, know in mm -hmm, one turn mm -hmm. yeah i was thinking of things like uh what are the how, how many wounds are the mort uh the, the mortec forearm guys Four or five. Oh, shoot. Okay. I think. Yeah. They're not big eight enough. Eight is yeah. a big number. To it hit. is a big number. Like, the flies don't go to eight. They're uh, five. Right? Yeah. I'm trying to think of what does Gar Gargans. Honestly, your best bet for this is the one single, like, uh, man crusher that somebody yeah. has to run when they run the big packs. Because he's going to have a five up save, 12 wounds, and if you hit him four wounds, he's, his attacks he's, are shit. He's so gone. you can just murder him with a shark. Yeah. That's probably the best target on yeah. the field. What about uh, the Revenge of the Namati? So you can complete this battle tactic if an enemy hero or monster is destroyed during this turn by an attack made by a friendly Marty unit. That's S not... Super easy. Yeah, it's not super hard. Once again, do. you know if that's going to happen. Yep. I guess the only thing that would be hard to do is if, for some reason, you don't have any Namati units in your army. Right. So we should possible. Yeah well, yeah, well, if you're running, like, the eels list, yeah. then 
probably not doing you probably don't have them <laughs> so your only opponent to this is yourself is yourself all uh, right and we've got deny trespassers pick, pick one gloom tide shipwreck in your army that's within 12 inches of the enemy unit complete this battle tactic if it is more than 12 inches from all enemy units at the end of this turn that's if you've if you got like one guy hanging out yep. you know and you're like i can go get that hero and just shoot him off the table or something they, i could see this one i could see you accidentally lucking into this one by looking at the table and going oh, i don't think my opponent realizes that guy's within 10 inches over here because 12 inches is big yeah it's a, you it's, might be in a different fight entirely and yeah. still be within a foot of these things well and um it does say pick one gloom tide shipwreck too so if you run them with like if you run the army that has like four gloom tide shipwrecks in it Mm-hmm. Each is individual pieces, and you kind of dot them around the board. You're going to have an opportunity at this. Yeah, yeah, it's not a terrible one. Yeah. Uh, so there's tra- also trapped in the undercurrents. You complete this battle tactic if three or more Ideneth Deepkin units retreated and made a charge during this turn. I mean, you can guarantee retreats. You can't really guarantee charges, but you can, with the speed in this army, you can set them up to be three inches pretty easily. Yeah, and then if you're if you've hope. got it on <laughs> yeah if you've got it on turn four and you still have three left. Yeah. That's that's the real trick is it, it's the are you gonna have three left because that's gonna be either a turn four or a turn two or a turn one for you if you reverse the tides if you reverse I guess, the yeah. tides yeah so I guess you could play to that but then you'd have to be in combat already you can't you couldn't have been in combat on turn one enough to also retreat in turn one right like unless you had to get in unless they got to you unless somehow. they got to you on turn one all right so this is a battle tactic <laughs> that requires your opponent to get to you. <laughs> So maybe this one's a little more challenging than we think now that we're starting to kind of explore how it works because having the three units, yeah, that, that's the yeah, challenge. Yeah, that's part the there. challenge of it is the three units portion of it. But it, again, if you're running like the if you're running like the eels list, that's one that you're probably going to be able to get. Yeah, because you you pick from the edges usually if you're running eels. Right. Yeah, I, I've I've been picked apart by the the eels where my stormcaster just forming a bubble in the middle of yeah, the board, just trying to survive. Yeah. So just, just a little bit longer, guys. It's very much the scene, uh, the really, really poorly shot scene in the end of Game of Thrones where it's just all the Dothraki in the darkness. Oh, yeah. It's like, I know there's something out there. I can't see it. It's coming for me, but I, there's something out there. Such a, so dumb. That's so dumb. So dumb. Just, Why would you send the Dothraki out into the freaking middle of... I, like, I understand they're horse riders, but that's so silly. Why did they not even show us that scene? Yeah. <laughs> that's the dumbest part to me is I was, I was all geared up for Dothraki versus Undead. I was like, hell yeah, this fight's going to look awesome. We didn't see any of it. We didn't see anything of it. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, uh, and then there's a Sharon defi- Defiance. De- defiance. Yes. I can't read. Uh, when you reveal this battle tactic, you pick an objective wholly within enemy territory. So that's already, you know, dependent on that. Uh, at the end of this turn, you complete the battle tactic if you control that objective and there's a friendly Ishran unit within six inches of that objective. The hardest part of that is just, A, you have to have a map that allows you to do it. And B, that Ishran guy's not fast. So you're going to need to protect them to get them over there. But if you're already over there. If or if you, you deep strike it. Or if you deep struck and you're already in and you've, you're kind of doing the reverse circle where you've started in their territory and you're fighting your way back out, you might just be able to go, okay, cool. I'm standing on it. Because it doesn't say that it has to not be controlled by you at the start of the turn. So if you've got 30 thralls parked on the top of this thing, um, all it says is pick the objective wholly within your opponent's territory and you have to control it. So you could yeah. already be controlling it. Could be. That one's pretty easy. And maybe you, uh, do, maybe you just teleport. I'm going increasingly salty at how easy these are. <laughs> <laughs> because the Skaven ones just lock you out of half of them automatically. So, yeah. yeah they're they're certainly more achievable. Like, they were not achievable battle tactics. Or they weren't the best ones in GHB 1. Yeah. <laughs> in GHB. 3.1 GHB 1. 1. 2. 2. Yeah. Doc X. Whatever we were at at yeah. this point. 
uh, in this one, it's like, okay, maybe one or two of these are actually like achievable for me when the other stuff is probably not. Yeah. I can play two of these. I agree. These these seem better than the ones in the GHB now yeah. for this army because they're more keyed into what it wants to do, which is mm-hmm. smart. That's how these should be, which is why when they miss the mark on those, it's like, oh, man, that's, I don't know, which is why there's the whole debate going on right now of whether or not they should be in tournaments. Um, I don't know. I don't have a good opinion. Not that this show, not that anybody came here for good opinions. On no, any this, of this is a bad opinion show. Uh, I say let them in and go wild because I don't care about winning tournaments, but that's me. <laughs> the balance is nonsense to me. I want to see more cool stuff. I think, cool we should stuff. Just, I think we should just ban Daughters of Cain. You know what? That solves the problem right there. <laughs> it does. <laughs> don't let our last episode hear you. Uh, be, or all of our fans we gained from that last episode that are now like, well, these guys are just shitting Shit. all over Daughters of Cain. Look, uh, if you listen to our previous episodes, we've always been shitting on Daughters of Cain. We hate yes. them. And, and I think we actually do shit on everything we at do. some point. Yeah, I yeah. shit all over Stormcast, and I love them. But I hated when dragons were just the auto-instant win. I am only now comfortable bringing dragons to play because they have so far slid out of being oppressive and no fun that I'm like, cool, now I can bring my cool dragons and have a fun game. You've had, have, you've had, had, uh, you've had those dragons for quite some time. I've had them since launch. Yeah. I, have, I had them built at launch, and, and I've never played run. them. Because they was... You know, twenty running, you're running Crondy, so the other guy. Uh, I kind of, I, I, well, it's a head swap. It's a very easy head swap, and is it, God is it bless mag- you. Games. Is it a magnetized? Oh, head I swap? did. Yeah, yeah, I did. Because it's God bless Games Workshop on this one. His collar thing mm-hmm. covers up the next seam, oh, so nice. you can take the collar, put it on Crondy's, and then if you switch off between him and Karazi, the the seam is covered up by the uh, collar thing. Oh. You just leave the collar on for both of them. It's it's great. I was like, nice. yeah, this is nice because I, I wasn't buying two. I I, I have three good and clean ones. I made a terrible mistake with that. So I still, I was like, I'm going to just buy one of these, but I'm going to use him and I have some of the flying guys and stuff. And yeah. I had, I had a lot of the, uh, Dracoths mm-hmm. already that I was going to use, but like now I feel better not being that guy. Not that guy anymore. Dragons. Yeah. Dig it. Yeah. All right. You know so, what else I dig? Commercial breaks. Commercial breaks. Shit all over these. Are you still bringing gray plastic to the table game after game? Do you have a big tournament coming up, but your army is barely glued together? Don't worry, Llama Juice Painting is here to help. Free your minis from their drag gray existence and let Justin bring them to life. Whether you're looking for a single centerpiece to bring your collection together or more battle line options, Llama Juice Painting is your best source for finely painted commission work. Check out some of Justin's work on facebook.com slash painting and get your quote today. Hey, Josh. Jesus, it's another fish joke. It absolutely is. Uh, what do you call two barracuda fish? Tuna cuda? Oh, close. But tuna, that would be... Is it a tuna macata? Well, that means no worries. But it's actually a paracuda. Oh! Uh, I felt so close! Uh, did you hear, though, before we get started, we actually had it serious. Did you hear about that fight that happened at the fish and chip shop? I did street? Yeah, uh, it, was, it was awful. A whole bunch of fish are firing battery charges. We are so gonna, gonna talk about wow, the worst scrolls. Wow, that now. was that's that's the worst one. <laughs> that, by that far the been. worst one. That might have been, yeah. 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 Although I, I bet I could keep finding worse ones while I'm you sure tell you us could. about some war scrolls here. <sighs> um yeah, so there's some war scrolls. Uh I think we're just gonna <laughs> highlight like a couple of them real quick that we yeah. that we really like, that we'd like some changes for and stuff like that. Um th- there's 
two that I want to talk about. I said one in our pre-show stuff, but there's actually two. I'm a liar. Well, this is so a very assuming. small army, so nope, that's, that's three. fine. I'm a liar. There's three that I want to talk about. All right. First no. off is Lotan. First we got to talk about Lotan, baby. Let's talk about him. All right. Lotan, once the most hated model in Eidneth. For Except no reason. For no reason. Yeah, he's the he's best so model. cool. Now, Lotan brought in like freaking every freaking Eidneth army, and it's amazing. Yes. You yes, know yes, why yes. he's brought in every Eidneth army? Well, because he gives a super rare melee buff that is really hard to come across in a lot of armies. He's an incredible melee buff, and he's dirt freaking cheap. Yeah. Also, he just does it. Yep. He just no roll, no nothing, around. just there. Yeah. Thing that he does. <clears throat> He adds one to rune rolls for attacks made with melee weapons by friendly Eidneth Deepkin units wholly within 12 inches of this unit. He just does it. Just stick him that. in the middle and let him bubble, baby. Yep. Yeah, because that plus one to uh, wound, well, let's uh, let's just flip right back here and see who's going to be adding that to. Oh, looks like they're uh, on threes already. Yeah. So that's going to be threes and twos for these Nomadi Thralls. A lot, a lot of threes and twos. Yeah, that's... So many threes and twos. Oh, you know you know what really works out nicely is that you can just add one to your hit rolls by just... He's a hero, so he can just issue command ability. Yeah, just spin a command point. Yeah. So that means your Thralls are uh, twos and twos. Twos and twos. Yeah. For that whole 30-pack you're bringing. And uh, God, God help you if you have a wounds characteristic of one and you're standing against <laughs> them. Because that means they're three attacks, twos and twos, rend one, one damage. That's mean. <laughs> That's mean. Uh, and if you're... Uh, let's go ahead and just get through the Thrall thing real fast. And you add one to the damage if they're a wounds characteristic of three or more. Uh-huh. Also nice. Uh-huh. So they kind of have a little bit of sort of bounty hunter built into uh-huh. them. Uh-huh. Yep. And then with the, and if you bring him as a bounty hunter... That's, uh, <laughs> that's a lot of attacks. Threes, twos and twos, rend one, two damage. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's nonsense. Uh-huh. Don't like it. All right. <laughs> so Lotan, good. The Lotan, great. Thrall's disgusting with Lotan. Too good. Too good. Do, do not Too like. Too good. Don't, no, <laughs> no one likes. Bring that with a freaking, with the next thing that we're going to talk about. Mm, bring that with a turtle. Oh, mm, yeah. Delicious turtle soup, baby. Ooh. Hey, you remember that thing about like the old uh, the old void drum? Kind of. Yeah. The turtle and the shark are the ones that have changed the most. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. my brain is mixing up a lot of War Scrolls on so, them. So here's the thing that Leviathan's really good against. They're really good against uh, low model or low wound models. Yes. They're excellent at taking out hordes. Hordes of battle line. Hordes of battle line. They're so good at it because they get two different things. One, they can crushing. Ch- it's a crushing charge. If you carry out a stop monstrous rampage with this unit and the enemy unit you picked has a wounds characteristic of one, that enemy unit suffers D6 mortal wounds on two up instead of D3. Rough. Uh-huh. Combine that with your jaws of death. If the unmodified hit roll for an attack made with this unit's crushing jaws is six... That attack inflicts three mortal wounds on the on the target, and the attack sequence ends. That's kind of gross. It's kind of gross. Although, if you're a monster, it's only six mortal wounds. So, uh-huh. you know, that's not terrifying. That's not terrifying at all. Oif. And then your Void Drum, which is this thing where it's like, oh, it's this, uh, you get to add one to save rolls for attacks that target friendly Eidneth Deepkin units that have a wounds characteristic of eight or less. That yeah. are wholly within 12 inches of enemy friendly Leviathans. And in addition, you add one to hit rolls for attacks made by friendly Namarti units that target enemy unit wholly within 12 inches of any friendly Leviathans. Which is kind of an interesting reversal of how the bubble works to, uh-huh. to pay attention to there, but yeah. So that's a plus one. Plus one to your save. Plus one to your hits. Plus one to your hits. And a plus one to your wounds. Plus one to your wounds. two models. For two models, sticking on. And so if you and give any... Both of them are models you want. Yeah, both of them are models you and want. And there's no rolling required. At no rolling required. And that... And if you take the artifact, or you take the uh, the monster, or the the mount trait for the Leviathan, that changes that twelve 
uh, Holy Within 12 to a Holy Within 15. Nope. <laughs> uh, I don't like it's, that. It's great. It's really, really great. The last thing that I want to that I want to touch on as far as like World Scroll stuff because this is this is probably the thing that is is both really, really great and it's probably annoyed a lot of uh, older Ideneth players. Mm-hmm. It's the change between the Akelian Morsar Guard and the Akelian Ishlane Guard. Yeah. It used to be... Your eels. Yeah, it's the eels. The two You have two flavors of eels. You have attacky eels and you have defensive eels. Yes. Right? Well, it used to be that everybody just brought Morsar Guard because those are the electric eels. Those are the ones that do the little biovoltic uh, bio blast. Yeah. So you get that once per game ability, like that once per game ability where you're within range on a charge and then you blow your load type of thing. Right. And then on your... You get a mi- and then you can go up to a minus two round on a charge, like for your attack sequence. And a damage characteristic of two. And a damage characteristic of so two. The guys you want to be charging, hit, explode, kill something in one go. Super, super good, right? Yeah. Here's the thing, the Akalian Ishlane Guard are also really good. Yes. And they're really, really good at sticking around, which is the trick because on the Akalian Ishlane Guard, uh, they also have a neat ability their save doesn't get modified they're just a four up no matter what yeah they're night haunt yeah <clears throat> they're just night they're, well, just they're not four up no matter what except with one addition they're a three is up if, up if is they, want if to they be. make a charge they become a three up they instead. get better yeah yeah and it's not like a plus one it's a it's their thing is just changed yeah so they have a unmodifiable save roll of four up naturally unless they charge and then it becomes a three up that's really good to tie up something very beefy yes it is and when you look at their attacks and stuff yeah you're not going to get the charge damage but then again their hell savers three attacks threes and threes rend one one damage and then you get the three uh bites and tails threes and threes rend one d3 damage still good damage still good damage even without the electricity and stuff Mm -hmm. still gonna do enough damage and they're four wounds each yeah so they're gonna stick around a little bit too yeah so, uh, so, I mean, it's a pack of three. It's 12 wounds. Yeah. With an unmodifiable four or three up. If you stick those guys into, like, something big that's like, oh, this is, like, big rend type of stuff, but it's only got, like, a couple of attacks, you're just going to tie that thing up forever. It's basically going to be sitting there fighting it. Or it's going to have to try to retreat and run away, which, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> it's a 14-inch move. Good luck. Yeah. I found out where you could find the two rituals. If you take a Tidecaster... Mm-hmm. Uh, if any units are with this ability, you can pick two different rituals instead of one. Ah, so you bring right. your Tidecaster to get the double rituals. So basically, I like this because you bring the heroes and they add the buffs in to the army. It's mm-hmm. not it's not like doing it through spell. I mean, there's spells and stuff to work like that, but like your heroes just give you a buff. Yeah. And I think we should probably real fast touch on the Soul Render because that's part of that combo that just brings yes, people the, back the, all the, the time. More, the more fan for your bucks uh, yes. <laughs> combo. Yes. So, uh, real fast on the Ishin Soul Render, and we're not going over all the stats and stuff like that. But he's okay in combat. You, you might get him in a fight. He might do all right. He's, he's you don't like, want him in a fight. He's like mid grade Stormcast hero, four up save, can do a little bit of damage, can kind of toot around like that. You probably don't want him to, but don't fret if he gets accidentally nicked by a little, not an orc, but like a little hero or yeah. something. Like a, like a, a war doc. Yeah. He can fight a war doc to death. He's got a four up save and a five up ward. Yeah. So. He's okay. He'll be all right for a little bit. Don't let him fight Yandrasta, but he'll be okay by himself. Right. Um, but what's great about him, at the end of the Battleshock phase, you pick one Namari unit wholly within 18 and return D3 models. You can return up to three slain models if any enemy models were slain by attacks made with a Talon hook in the same term. So 
if you can set up to where he kills a guy, that's an automatic three. Um, but if you're bringing the thing more fan, you can put them back. You're already getting that. So yep. you're adding to it. So you can bring what six people? You can bring up to six. So it's four to six. Yeah, that's insane. That's four to six wounds that they had to take off of you that you can just put right back. And it's not like these are plague bearers where they're going to come back and then just stand there and maybe not do any damage. Right. You're bringing back thralls. This is this is nasty damage output. Yeah, and they're continuing to blend. Uh, he also has the, one of the coolest abilities that I've never actually seen go off, but I kind of want to. It's the hangman's knot. Oh, and yeah. Once per battle at the end of the combat phase, you pick an enemy model that has a wounds characteristic of 7 or less, does not have a mount, and was in 3 inches, and you roll 2d6. If it's greater than its wounds characteristic, it is slain. Rare, yes. You can't depend on it, yes. But my God, the time you crank a 12. And you just reach right over, and you just rip your Andrasta's head off. I like to think of it as the... Uh, well, a seven or less, so I guess you can't seven. do your Andrasta. Yeah, I can't do your Andrasta. Be a seven. Well, most every other Stormcast. A lot, of, lot of here. There's a lot of, like, five yeah. wound, six wound heroes. Oh, yeah. You can just do the old... Um, the old... Uh, the old bit when somebody's on, like, a stage show. Oh, like the long the, cane. The, the long cane yeah. that they get around the neck, and they just go, yoink. Yep. <laughs> Just the, uh, the, uh, oh God, what was the show that had that on there? I mean, I can't remember now. Uh, yes. Bugs Bunny? Well, I yes, did obviously. That, did that joke quite a bit. I, I think he got it from a real thing. Uh, I believe you are correct, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's got, it's lost to history now. Yeah. It's somewhere yeah. in there. It's old people stuff. Old people stuff. Not like this was his new fish people stuff. Yeah. Uh, and then I think the only thing that's other worth interesting in this, basically, is that obviously the Gloom Tide has changed a little bit again. So if you're a 9 death player or you're playing against a lot of them, just be aware of that. Uh, it seems like the gloom tide, the shark, and the turtle. Like every time they get a chance to redo the rules, they're going to touch those. Yeah, three they're models. just going to modify it a little bit, a little which, bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Yeah, which makes sense. Those are the ones that you would see the most of. Uh, I hope you're going to see a lot more big turtle armies, three turtles like that. Probably not three turtles, but I like, but I like the idea of three turtles. Same here. I want it to happen. I don't yeah. think it's good. I think you'll see two max. Yeah, and two's probably going to be risky for it, but. All right, so we, we've read this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm holding it in my hands. I've got a wad of cash money dollars, and I need to take it. I need to buy some stuff for this army. But I'm trying to theorycraft my list. Like, what should I be looking for? So it depends on the route that you want to take. So you can either play... I think you mean the route that I want to take. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, wow. Well done, well done. Thank you. Uh, you can either play an infantry-heavy army with uh, n- with Namari Thralls and Namari Reavers. So if you want like guys that hit in melee... Thralls. Yes. If you want guys that shoot, Reavers. Both really good. Like, excellent battle line units. They will do their job, and if you give them a couple little buffs here and there, they're going to stick around for a nice for oh, a nice yeah. long time. Or yeah. die and keep coming or, back. Or die and keep coming horrible back. Horrible <laughs> agony over and over again, I guess. But um, You can also, if you're way more into mounted stuff, like you, like you can still run eels. Eels aren't what eels used to be, which is the only way to, which used to be the only way to run items. Yeah, basically. But it's still really good. Um, so if you just want to run eels, you can run eels. You so can I run... don't have to make a performative YouTube video and take all my eels outside and burn them. You do not. Okay, good. Not in the slightest. Okay. Um, or you can run a lot of sharks. There's a way to do it. <laughs> I do like that option. <laughs> just run a crap ton of sharks. And some heroes. I have been playing that shark game that's on the uh, PS Now or whatever it is. Which shark game? It's a game where you play as a shark. 
and you just annihilate things all day and eat people and blow up boats and stuff. It's on the PlayStation Store thing, the, huh. the streaming thing. Yeah. I am not a PlayStation uh, shill, obviously, because I don't know what the service is called. PS Now? Is it still called that? It's not called PS Now anymore because it, uh, it got folded into the PlayStation Plus Premium. Can I not play this on my PSP Go anymore? Is mm, that... No, I don't think so. They still support that. They do, though. They still have online store access for that little you, you, dumb thing. You know what's incredible is that the PSP uh, support has lasted longer than the 3DS support. The PSP Go support has lasted longer than the Civil War. Take that, racists. <laughs> that dumb system that nobody but me bought lasted longer. <laughs> I still have my Vita, man. I still have my Vita. I have yeah, both my Vita's Vitas. freaking awesome. I have my Japanese Vita. Because it, it was blue. Uh, I just wanted to make sense. One. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. It just it's, it has Japanese on the back. But yes, if I, so my recommendation for new iPhone. Yeah, Ideneth start an iPhone. Right? Get out if of here, get, Sony. If you're getting, getting freaking Ideneth, two things. You're probably going to want two boxes okay. to start with. All right. And it's very simple. It's the freaking box that you can buy off the GW website or preferably from uh, this Gigabytes Cafe in Gigabytes. Marion, Georgia. Gigabytesonline.com. Yeah. Yes. Buy right there. There are some in stock. There are I think indeed. there's two. You right get- as of four hours ago, there were two. There too. You can buy them. Uh, it comes with an excellent smattering of stuff. You get say. ten thralls. You get three eels. Mind you, the eels can be built in either version. Right. Because it's the same sprues. You get Uno Aelopex, which is the shark guy. Yes. And then I believe you get a tide caster? Oh, no. Crap. Soul Scryer. Soul Scryer. Yeah, I had to look it up too. Yeah. Uh, to see which uh, Primus song it was named after. So it's the Soul Scryer. You get, but that's the deep strike guy. That is the deep strike. So if guy. you're planning on doing the deep strike army, you've already got a good chunk of what you would like for that army. You, here. you sure do. Plus, it's just a lot of cool models. Yeah, and so you get two boxes of those. That yeah. gives you options for pretty much battle line any way you want to do it. And I think you could probably make a pretty well-rounded army too, especially if you're not trying to play competitively. Like, let's be honest, most of us. Most, if you're listening to this show a lot, you're probably not trying to go top tier competitive. Yeah. So playing with two boxes of this is a pretty fun little pretty army to work fun with. Fun way to start. And yeah. then you can build out from there, figuring out kind of what you like. Do you like more eels? Do you like more footmen troops, guys? Do you want a turtle? Do, do you want a turtle or two? Yes. Uh, you probably do. At some point in time, you want to buy a turtle or two. The answer the, is yes. The biggest thing that you will want to get in addition to that is you will want to buy yourself either an Achillean King, because the Achillean King will make. The eels battle line. Um, you will want to buy a Lotan because Lotan is Lotan. The, you should already buy one. You should already buy a Lotan. You buy one. And then you're going to need to get a Gloomtide shipwreck. It's not required. You do not have to have one. But it, it's a free scenery piece. It doesn't cost you any points. And you get to do some stuff with it. So you might as well get one when you can. Yeah. And you only need the one box because you can split it to be the two separate sections. Still, right. right. So. Yep. You and don't have to buy two if you want to do the two separate thing. You can just split it. Or it, 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 and honestly, if you're gonna buy, if you're gonna have, the, if you're gonna run the two, two gloom tides, buy buy a second one so you can run four pieces. Probably but. yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna do, and you're gonna do the one that lets you, you know, add them in, you're probably playing for that. But yeah, otherwise, for that. pick up one. It's a cool model. Yep. And it's, I, it's I actually, I would say it's a lot of fun to paint, but I didn't paint it because my sister painted it for me. Oh, yeah. That was when I was like speed painting for the tournament. <laughs> it is a lot of fun to kit bash because I took one of mine and I kit bashed it over my steam tank to make it that Anvil Guard aquatic oh, steam yeah, tank. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it kind of works really well because it's like nailed on pieces of wood to yeah. it and stuff like that. It's really so cool. It's a fun little kit bash piece as yeah. well. You got a little fish and stuff in there. And then uh, and then eventually an Eidolon. And the Eidolon kit is one of uh, is is each. Um, yeah. So. 
and that's pretty easy to run where if i mean that's a that's a really easy uh magnetize if you want to magnetize so you can run either version or you just put a little bit of stuff from both of them on there i was gonna and say then just i would say know. this this is the one that it is <laughs> if you were like this is the uh edelon of uh aspect of the storm i'd be like sure is that the, the wizard of the fighty yeah one? it's the wizard of the fighty one. you know i don't know nobody's and, really gonna call you on it because they look nearly identical yeah, and it's funny that I'm, I'm, they don't even really show you the full picture that easily, but, like, even the spear trident thing they're holding could interchangeably be the same thing. Yep. Guys, I've played Stormcast for a long time. If you just tell your opponent what it is, they're going to be okay with it because no. they don't know. They don't know. Nobody knows. And it's fine. Yeah. People are, ch- people would, are chill about would it. Would you ever put two Eidolons in an army? Do one of each? Um, or is that just too many points? For... I think that's too many points, honestly. Yeah. Especially when there's a lot of other better stuff to put in there. I don't think I've ever... I rarely see... or I have rarely seen one before. Now I'm starting to see them a little more in the wild. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen two, though. Yeah. It's one of the... It's... The trick is that, like, really the version of the Eidolon that you're going to run, if you're going to bring one, is because you're doing one of two things. Either you need more spell support, so you bring the spell Eidolon, or you want, like, more like straight up attack so you're gonna bring the attack eidolon because he is a monster in and of himself and he has lotan's ability too yeah. he, he's still adding plus one to wound rolls for a melee weapons um wholly within 12 of him yeah so like he's still if you have him and lotan you've got that set up on both sides of the table yeah you've got a you got a big old bubble like two big old bubbles to run that off of yeah and he's it's gross. I did, oh i didn't realize this he's a little bit of a hero killer now too mm-hmm. with getting to pick a hero and do a plus one to hit and wound if they're a wounds characteristic of eight or less which is funny because he's wounds characteristic of 12 so that's punching down yeah it's basically like pick on a little person and then just beat them up yeah dude he's stealing souls yeah well, you know look i didn't expect him to be fair or anything <laughs> <laughs> they are they are thieves of the worst kind yeah or it's interesting the eidolons because i really like the eidolon model like just as a model in and of itself um, yeah it's cool but I find it interesting that he's, like, he's a good hero killer, but only to a certain level of hero. Like, if you bring him up against, like, Indrasta, he's going to get murked. Um, well, yeah, she's specifically pretty good. Yeah. But, I, wait, I don't think he, he profiles. He doesn't profile, though. He doesn't profile, So, actually. No. He's, he's not, no, he's not, like, a bad fight. It's just, he's not a great save. Yeah, like, you don't. A, a tough hero is going to kill him. You don't want him to get hit and have all four of Bastion's attacks go through for four damage each and then pick him up off the table immediately. Yeah. Yeah, you don't you don't want him to pick a fight he can't win. That's what your uh, yeah. Achillean kings are for. He is pointed, appro- the Eidolon is appointed appropriately. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's, I guess, the final thought before we just say, like, where we think the army is. Do you think any of the points up and down costs or anything are just absolutely bonkers? Are they all kind of where they need to be? The army is more expensive than it ever has been. But that's to all the armies are now. Yeah. So I don't know if that's different. It's inflation. Right. Yeah, everything's inflation. Um, actually, kind of think that the Leviathans actually might be a little overcosted. Like, they're really good, but there are very simple ways to, to get rid of them. Yeah. Because they don't have saves against things like spells and shit like that. Um, so you can very easily spell, like, spell a, a, a Leviathan down. If you yeah. have good, if you have good spell casting, or just buckets of attacks. If you, if you did the Nagash thing and you brought seven D three more worth of uh, arcane bolts, you could just walk up and just blast just it, just blast it into oblivion. Yeah, yeah, and it's not a hero, which does put it in a weird spot for if you've got like more than two of them, you've cut. You, that's a thousand points for two turtles, and you've cut down your hero capping abilities and stuff. Yep, like it's, it, yeah. you're sinking a lot of points into it, but they're so, but they're. I mean. 
they're but they're so good. It's weird because the Lydons are really good in both combat, but they're more important as a utility piece to keep other things alive. Yeah, and so they fit into this weird category of like like four hundred what ninety five points. I think for uh, 500. 500 points on, on the nose. Well, as of the book, I don't yeah, know if it's changed. Yeah, it might have changed. It might have changed. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, but it, it, that's a lot of points to sink into a support piece. Yeah. That is a monster that you want to fight battle line because they're really good against things that are like mm-hmm. one wound models, but that also means that they have to be at the front. Yeah. It's a, <laughs> it's a distraction almost. Like, you know, your opponent's going to spend a lot of time. If your opponent has the means to kill it, they're going to have to spend a lot of time killing it. Right. And by the time they've done that, the rest of your army has been allowed to run amok and do its thing for so long. Right. Yeah. So it's it's tricky. It, it, I, I would be lying to you if I said that it was not a tricky army to play because you do need to commit somewhere. Yeah. So, but you have options for your commitment. And I remember playing against you. Obviously, this was the previous book, but there was on your turn three, uh, I think... I can't remember exactly, but I think you had something like either three or six eels go in, and maybe one of them did enough Ooh, damage. Oh, man. One of them, they whiffed and all it, of and their And it's like, that's the attacks. game yeah. at that point. Like, that's the whole game has been leading up to that moment. Uh, this is not an army for people with anxiety. <laughs> you, you'll get to that turn three. <laughs> yeah. Just be sweating buckets. Yeah. Like, I have to roll higher than a three on something, yeah. which never depend on that. Take, take advice from old Zach and Josh. Never depend on a three up. Never depend on a three up. It'll be a two yeah. all the time. It's... There, there. You will, you will have some very frustrating moments playing Ineth. I, they're another one of the armies that they don't start fast, so you're gonna need to, you're gonna need to play five rounds. Yeah, yep. So you have to consider that when you're going into that tournament, mm-hmm. knowing that you need those five rounds, because or at least you need the four rounds to get all your stuff out of the way, and then have a turn to do the. Now I'm gonna go capture objectives, hold things like hold that. Hold do yeah things yeah. like that because turn turns one and two are setup turns for you. They're Move your army up the field. Try and, like, maybe pick a thing off or two. Probably not going to score many battle tactics or anything like that. Yeah. You're, it's a, it's an oddly, for being a very fast army, it's an oddly s- kind of slower paced army. Yeah, it's a it's a hurry up and then wait for the right moment yeah. kind of army. But yeah, I, you got like p- to pick your spot. It's fun. I think it plays more uniquely, uniquely than, like, most of the other armies. I think in the game, no one really has a mechanic where they're trying to time themselves like mm-hmm. that on a turn. Like Fire Slayers get to pick the turn they want. Nurgle, good luck. Maybe you got it. Maybe you didn't. But doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think of other armies that would have like like a timing thing. Yeah. Where you can kind of, as the opponent, you can kind of go, yeah. But on turn three is when I really need to pay attention to what you're doing over here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's, I think it's cool. Yeah. It's an army I've liked. I mean, obviously, I bought a whole bunch of it. And never played it. And I bought it off of you and, and started playing and it. And now you have it, yes. Yeah. Which I'm glad, because uh, I think it's really cool, and I can't wait to get it on, like, battle reports and stuff, because it's such a unique-looking army. Yep. Like you said, it's one of the best IPs, because it's, uh, it's something you don't see as much. You see elements of it in other fantasy stuff. I mean, obviously, uh, we're going to now get a lot of these armies that are going to be, let's say, Mesoamerican-themed, whatever they're going for with Namor. Yeah. yeah, whatever that is, that theme is going to be how I are going to be painted a lot, and I am here for it. Yeah, because I looked at the I looked at the blue uh, uh, people in the uh, Wakanda Forever trailer, uh-huh. and I was like, "That's just fucking Namari Thralls, right Marty there. That's Thralls, awesome. Man. Like that's legitimately you could build a kitbashing army around that, and then you're a Kellyan king. It's Namor. Go. It's Prince Namor, Namor baby. baby. Prince Namor riding yeah. a little wingy feats and everything. Oh, Can we? Okay, because we're at the end of the show. Can yep. we talk about the fact that they put the wingy feats on I'm so Namor? Happy. I'm so happy for that. So happy. I don't even care if they do nothing. I'm just I'm just happy they went with that design thing. 
I'm, if you haven't That's watched nerds, the Wakanda man. Forever trailer, go watch it and then nominate whoever made that trailer for an Emmy because <laughs> that trailer is one of the best trailers I've ever seen in my life. Emmy, Oscar, I think Oscar? Oscar. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know Emmys, Emmys are give for television. Give, man. Him, give him, a, give him an EGOT. I want him to get. A, I want to EGOT that person. Yeah, that made give that him trailer. all the things. Give him all the things because that was a trailer. Whew, spine tingling. Um, so anyway, I think for the just for the halibut, we should go ahead and say where we think this falls on the the ranking. You know that big dumb tier list that people mm-hmm, do. That, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Guess what, guys? That doesn't. That works for like one tournament for one setting based on one list, and then you go away and you go, ah, it's really hard to judge this. Yeah. But if we were to try to put it in a thing, where would the odd enough be? I would say they're a solid B plus. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Upper B, upper lower B, A, maybe. Upper B, lower A. They are. They're the kind of army that you will see at the bottom tables and at the top tables, because it is very dependent on the player that is playing them. You will like the t- like top players that are familiar with Ideneth play Ideneth very freaking well, and you will know that you are getting played <laughs> yes. like off the table. You go ah okay, that is what Ideneth is like when it is run to perfection, and then there's dumbasses like me that will run Ideneth and go. <laughs> I don't know what any of this, what, what was that supposed to do? And I will go, I don't know, but that wasn't it. But I mean, <laughs> look at all these ones. It's not going to do that thing. Not going to do that yeah. thing. Yeah, I so. agree. I think, I think low A, high B kind of feels right for them. Yeah. And the experience I've had playing against them was like, I played, a, you know, really hard games against them that were challenging, but not oppressive. Didn't feel like I was just getting absolutely dragged up and down the table. Yeah. Also didn't win, but that's just the show. So we know how that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And they're, you're going to get a chance against Ideneth because you're going to at least get a turn to do, to have whatever you want to have happen, happen. So theoretically that might work. Yeah. I think it's a, I think we've said it's a fun army. It's you great. Should, you should get out and should play it. It is genuinely one of my favorite armies in, I mean, obviously I, cause I own it. And I yeah, I was going to say, but it, I think it's one of the better GW armies in for AOS. I agree. Well, I guess we could, uh, we could go ahead and wrap this show up. Indeed. But, so, uh, Oh, do you want to go? You want to go? I well, I don't know, because the other one's wait, not here. Where's the other one? Well, I guess he's not here then. So, so. I guess for the Atlanta Warhammer podcast, that was David. I'm Josh. And I'm Zach saying, hey, what do you call a fake koi fish? I don't know. It's a decoy. We out.